You are tuned in to the Blacked Out Couch Podcast. We're back on the couch this evening. Yours truly, Princess. Welcome back to the Blacked Out Couch Podcast. Let's go ahead and check in with the sister. And I just want to give everybody that's been involved in this journey uh, their flowers for having the courage and the passion uh, to take these steps with us. I think people need to understand that therapy is beneficial for everyone and not just people who are suffering with mental health problems. Yeah. Everyone can benefit from therapy. Just a guy who believes in uh, mental health, you know, like I always say, you need to quit being a bitch and go to therapy sometimes. You know, I got to say it every time. So all my fellas out there, just go to everybody, but specifically the fellas. If you in your feelings, quit being a bitch and go to therapy. It ain't always about whatever you think it is. Sometimes it's just to be about the man in the mirror who needs to go do some help. It brought all mental illness. One day I was fine, the next day I was not great at all, completely different person. It is a blessing to know that, you know, this podcast has created a platform for us to truly you know, this first season has been both rewarding and challenging in multiple ways. Now, to be honest with you, I, I'm angry. I, I am like, I, guys, that's why I hate talking about it. I'm angry. I'm still angry at black people. This is like, it's bull, bull crap. It's our culture. It's all of that stuff and, and tied, embedded inside of it. And it's just like, and we still point the finger at everyone else and make it seem like, oh, like, no, it's us. We're the freaking problem, man. I'm, I'm, I'm sure enough. You good, bro? Nah. You good, bro? Yeah, this is what this But you have every right to feel the way that you feel. Um, and, you know, overall, in general. And I think we all would agree. So all the emotions. That's why we on the couch. <laughs> oh, my. Trauma is normal. You know, like, losing a loved one is... Complete. You're expected to nurture. You're expected to take care of. You're expected support. And so this season of sitting with the sisters has been phenomenal for me because I take little nuggets. I promise LaShawn to be on here dropping words and I'll be over here like... <laughs> Just like traditions are passed down, our programming is passed down. So the programming from, from slavery, we still see that permeating through our community now. Unmute family. Unmute. Oh my goodness. We was muted. Oh. We need some in, y'all. We was just over Listen, here talking. It's her fault. Okay. So I'm just gonna put that out oh there. Um, can y'all hear me now? Can y'all hear me now? We good to go? Okay, welcome back. Welcome back to the Blacked Out Couch Podcast. I'm your host and your co-moderator, Mr. Rodney Lee. I'm your co-host and co-moderator, Princess. 
Okay, so uh, what I was saying before I realized I was muted was uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in with us tonight. Uh, this has been a very productive, uh, very interesting first season for the Blacked Out Couch podcast. And uh, one of the things that we did after every episode was we did the unpacking sessions, uh, which was uh, more of a co-ed affair. Um, and, and so that's what this is tonight. Tonight is going to be unpacking season one, and uh, we're going to be reviewing some moments on the couch. So I'm glad everybody was able to join us tonight. Yes, yes, yes. We have been really waiting to be on camera, brothers and sisters together. Mm. Yeah. Have we? Yeah. On camera? Yeah. On camera together? Yeah. You know, uh, my yeah. wife, my wife, um, she she she's a little um she she's a, she she's one of those that, that that kind of um shoots for the stars. I don't know if I've been um anxious to be on camera. Um and and, and I'll talk about this, but uh, one one of the ideas behind the show, I guess we could talk about the history of the show. Sure. Can we talk about the history of the show? So one of the ideas behind the history uh, of this project uh, was that we felt like we needed uh, two separate panels, a panel for the brothers and a panel for the sisters, um, you know, because I, we felt like that we had our own conversations, uh, our own healing journeys that we needed to be on with our own peer groups. Um, and, you know, all season long, I kept saying, I don't think that we ready. Uh, to sit down as a community yet. I, and and uh, so shout out to Miss Devin, my sister. Happy birthday, by the way. Miss um, Devin has been pressuring us to do sort of this co-ed um, scenario. Uh, but if you ask me, I didn't I didn't think that we was ready. I thought that we had a little bit more healing to go uh, as the two separate panel groups. But I stay out of that. Yes, please do. You're here. You're here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So for those of you who might be like, who is this woman and this man on the screen? Well, we just dropped Rodney and Princess, but we are also the founders of Blacked Out Couch Podcast. It's a podcast that's aimed towards talking about mental wellness, healing, and toxicity within our community. It has been shunned for generations. Um, some might say that it's part of what got us here in a good way, and others might say it's part of what got us here in a bad way. Either way, we want to hear what you're thinking. We want to open up this dialogue to unpack some very difficult and traumatic uh, experiences and thought processes that we have as a community so that we can start healing and moving forward to reclaim all the royalty that we deserve. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that part more, so I won't yes. disagree with my wife on that. Uh, what do you think? Is it Should we should we start bringing on our guests? Well, let, let's bring on the brothers and the sisters. Let's see who we got on the couch with us tonight for this live unpacking. Okay. Okay. Look like look like we got a full house. We got lips popping, melanin popping. We got brothers and sisters out here. Okay. This is going to be interesting All right popping. here. This is going to be interesting right here. Now, before y'all speak, we done already took the embarrassing moment. Don't forget to come off mute before you talk, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be healing from that for a minute. I don't know how we messed that one you up. You think I'm going to be able to come back for season two? What you asking me like like I'm in charge? Who we got on the couch with us tonight? Somebody unmute yourself. Somebody got to talk. I'm Burt Rogers. I'm a mental health therapist here in Kansas City. Been doing this for about damn ten years. <laughs> ten years now. Um, glad to be here. Always glad to be here. 
Thank you. I loved watching you throughout the season. I'm like, he calling me out on some stuff. You, yeah, you called me toxic more than twice. I hope you know. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, Brother Rogers. Uh, you know, we, we we I always look forward to having you on the couch with us, man, and and uh, you know, just bringing us back to earth, earth from a clinician standpoint, man. So uh, definitely, man, we appreciate you being here with us tonight. Thank y'all for having me. I appreciate it. Right on. Who else we got? Peace and blessings. What's going on, people? My man. I say it all the time. Sometimes, fellas, especially fellas, but this goes to everybody. Sometimes you might need to quit being a bitch and go to therapy, get you some healing, get you some understanding. You know, it ain't just about you. It's about those who you impact. And that's part of what having a legacy is, what the people remember you as. And that's not for just you to judge. That's third party. You can't claim I'm a good person if nobody around you would agree. You're not a good person. So sometimes you need the outside perspective to make sure you we're still on the right path. But yeah, I ain't nobody. I'm just a brother who believes in mental health. If I sound a little funny, it's because I'm fighting COVID, so I'm I might my voice might be a little in and out tonight. But peace and blessings, y'all. Right on, bro. Right on, man. Hey, well, we we wishing you a speedy recovery, man. And and it was a miracle, man, that you even joined us tonight, man. So definitely, man. Peace, love, and blessings, bro. Appreciate you as always. For sure, for sure. And look, why you trying to downplay? Who you are, just just to follow a mental health. For those who don't know, the let's, beats that you've been grooving to, let's put it out there. On and off the couch, let's that mastermind just graced you with his presence. Let's put it out there. So, G Don on the slap. G Don on the slap. Um, one of the other things that he did uh, this season, as well as be a, a panelist member, uh, but he provided the soundtrack, the sounds, the, the you know the groovy beats that you hear uh, that you heard all through the season. So. Uh, definitely, man. He is he is very valued, uh, very appreciated here at Angela Marie Publishing, man. And we always love to have him. 100. 100. Love, fam. Love. Right on. Thanks. All right. One of the sisters, I need to hear. I need to hear some, some women's voices now. I was yeah. about to, but you know, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hit unmute. Okay, mute it ain't ready yet. Okay, unmute. Okay. But um, hey, I am Nico. So excited. Um, to be here, I have had the most amazing time during this season, um, sitting on the couch with the sisters. Um, I am president of the board of Lift the KC uh, organization. Miss Devin's on here, uh, founder of the organization, um, just with an emphasis on mental health. Um, also, I'm a travel agent, so if you've got anything going on in that area, day-by-day um, uh, -day, um, destinations is my uh, company. But I just like to say I'm here because I'm still here, like been through so much mm -hmm. and I am still here, y'all. And I am still here with the capacity of continued healing and the capacity of bringing others with me. I do have a passion for grief. It is such a major piece of mental health. And sometimes we don't connect it to it. Um, sometimes not unless it's this major grief event, but it could be a small simple grief, grief event that is most definitely related um, to mental health. But I'm so happy to be here tonight. And happy birthday to Miss Devin. Devin, you see these earrings? She got me these earrings, so I wore them today. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll see you. Well, hey, look, Miss Nico, uh, sis, uh, as always, love to hear your voice. Thank you for joining us tonight, and we love having you as always. Thank you, thank you.
one of the brothers. I mean, that's okay. I'll jump on because yeah, I was. It was it seems there was one lady left. You know why? Why not go ahead and take that spot? That's what I was waiting for. But uh, this Donald Wiggins, uh, I jumped in the season probably probably about midway, and and uh, hopefully you know uh, I've impacted some folks you know on the panel and uh, definitely have been impacted. So you know looking forward for the future of this of this project and then uh like my my homie holly rod say i hope y'all heal and me too right uh mr wig as always man love having you man you my brother from another mother man we go back to the age of 14 uh so so we older than dirt and we've seen a lot uh but it's a blessing for us to have lived this long man um you know, you mentioned one of my catchphrases. I don't know if you heard earlier, but but I have a new phrase now. It's, it's y'all hope I heal, right? Yeah, so I just want you, right. you know, going forward, uh, as we head into season two and into the off season, I want to make sure everybody understands where I'm at mentally after this first season. Y'all hope I heal. Well, and I we appreciate that. having you, Mr. Wig. For sure. I'm going to go for that. I hope you heal. Oh, okay, I'm gonna come off of you. Hello oh, to yeah. the panel. I'm sorry, I meant to say hello to the panel too. Don't want to be rude, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Hello to everybody, right on. Well, hey guys, I guess I'll go now. I was trying to balance it out because my sisters, you know, we gotta take up for each other, but you know, I'm Devin Elise. Uh, like my sister said, I am the founder of Lifted KC, which is a local nonprofit in Kansas City focused on mental health with emphasis on creating safe spaces for men. Um, I'm also a life coach with Anchored in Hope. And last but not least, I am the author of newly published journal called Sitting Your Shit, thanks to Angela Marie Publishing. Um, I just want to give kudos to the Hendersons for creating such an impactful platform. Um, this season has been more than fulfilling for my spirit. You know, sometimes you get in these positions and you think that you're going to be the one pouring into people and helping people heal. But this season has actually helped me heal. It's actually um, helped me identify some areas that I thought I had healed in and some that I thought I learned that I need to heal from. So I'm grateful for the brothers for their insight. I'm thankful to see men taking such a platform to be transparent. And I love my sisters. We had a time and I'm looking forward to season two. So let's get this unpacking going. Let's get it. Let's get it. Shout out to Miss Devin. If you ain't got your copy of sitting your shit, make sure you go it order is. that. It's available on Amazon as well as on our website, AngelaMariePublishing.com. Uh, thank oh. you. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Devin. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I didn't think that you was going to show up since it is your birthday, birthday girl. Uh, and, and I've been telling my wife all week, I said, boy, I can't wait till we get on so I can call Devin out. She didn't set up here and been on my top about getting this co-ed sit down all season. You got it. So you should have knew I was going to be here. I'm glad you I got here. something thank to you. say. No. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. I, you guys got my full support. I love y'all. Right on. Much love to you as well. Yes, indeed. Indeed. All right, who else we got? Who else we got out uh, here? I guess I'll go next. I guess I'll go next. Hey, this is your big bro gang type mic in the building. You know what I mean? I pop in and pop out. I had a lot going on this season. Wanna say what's up to the panel? Happy birthday to Miss Devin. Hope you have a, a blessing. You know, it's the best that you had one yet. 
the best one you had one the best one you had yet excuse me but uh no nah, it's been a it's been a, a a good journey you know what i mean um it's been a real good journey me i'm more of a observing person you know what i'm saying so i like to sit back and observe a lot but you know i'll chime in when i when i got you know when i chime in y'all know when i chime in i chime in so uh nah just glad to be here and ready to you know go ahead and unpack this season right on man as always big bro thankful to have you here man you know we, we we've had a journey as well uh you know we go back some years and, uh, you know, I think, man, uh, one, one of the things that I think uh, really just kind of warmed my heart uh, for, from this past season is, is how many of my close friends and brothers uh, that I've known for, you know, decades or more uh, that, that, that were willing and excited about getting on and, 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 and opening up and being vulnerable, man. So definitely, man, I appreciate you, man, leading the charge and uh, thankful that you're here. Yeah, if it wasn't for you, I definitely wouldn't be here. Um... This is not easy for me, and I'm sure it's not easy for anybody else. So, you know, it's a start for me. So I appreciate you as much as you appreciate me. Believe right that. Right on. Right on. Yeah. Who else we got? Who else we got on the couch? Was that everybody? No, JB. JB down there. What's going on, JB? Can you hear us? You in a position to speak? It might not be. He had the kids. Yeah, JB over there yeah. playing daddy daycare, baby. Yeah. J JB is a is a is a dedicated and devoted father and husband. Okay, y'all. Uh he's been married uh what is it, about 19 or 20 years now. It's 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 been a while. There he is, JB. Go ahead and speak for yourself, man. I was gonna give you all your kudos. I appreciate y'all. I was just having some technical difficulties, but uh Jonathan Brown, JB, aka self-proclaimed Superman, aka Kevin Samuels advocate. What's up, y'all? My man, my man. I see what type of energy. You know what I'm saying? Let's get it going. I see what type of energy JB on, y'all. <laughs> Let's go. Cool. I hope he heal. Get him a shirt ASAP. <laughs> I got it. I got it. See him. Okay, so what 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 are we gonna do? Listen, we 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 uh we really do appreciate everybody that was able to join us tonight. You know, all jokes aside, um, this does, like Ms., uh, Mr. GT said, this does take a lot of courage. Uh, it takes a lot of bravery. Uh, it takes a lot of, of willingness, man, for us to get on uh, and have some of the conversations that we've had throughout the season. So, man, I just really appreciate y'all, man, because this this was, um, you know, do, do you want to talk about how this how this thing got started? Like like the actual? The actual? The real reason? The real reason why I got started. I don't know. You don't think we should tell them? No, nah, I don't think we should tell them. I think we should tell them. Um, Go right on here. Go so, right on here. So um, I just, I just want to spend a couple of minutes, man, just to talk about uh, how this project actually came to be. I spoke about it a little earlier when we talked about sort of the, uh, sort of the show format with the two different panels. Um, but, uh, you know, believe it or not, this this uh idea for this show was something that we came up with last year in uh 2022 uh we were in the middle of a uh a heated uh fellowship exchange uh heated fellowship is what my mother-in-law calls arguments so i've tried to um you know re uh redesign kind of kind of uh remix my vocabulary with that so we were in the middle of a uh of a heated exchange uh, that I don't think it started off as a heated exchange. 
um, you know, just to give you a little bit more backstory. So, um, you know, a few years back, uh, I had a cousin, one, one of my cousins who's more like a brother to me. Uh, I had a cousin that was actually involved in a hit and run accident. He almost lost his life. Um, and, um, you know, they didn't think that he would walk again. You know, thankfully, um, you know, they were able to get to the scene, get him to the hospital and rush to surgery. Uh, but they didn't think that he would walk again. And, um, you know, so he started his healing journey physically, of course. Uh, but he had a lot of mental and emotional, um, you know, penalty from 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 that experience. Right. You know, um, and so we actually were were meeting with him, uh, Angela Marie Publishing. We were meeting with him. Um, you know, he was actually wanting to open up and, and kind of talk about his story because it was a hit and run. Uh, that that still remains unsolved to this day. Um, and he wanted to tell his story. So, of course, you know, he reached out to us at Angela Marie Publishing. So we were having meetings with him. And uh, uh, everybody knows me. You know, I'm, I'm a writer uh, at heart. You know, that's that's my first love. And so, um, you know, he was talking about telling his story sort of through social media posts and that sort of thing. And uh, for me, I'm like, man, you need to write a book. Right. Like, 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 let's sit down. Let's write a book. Let's really put this story out here. Right. And um, he was kind of giving me a little bit of dissension that, that that I didn't like. Right. Because I feel like I'm an expert on these sorts of matters. And uh, so I was pressuring him. Right. I was kind of on his head about it, about, you know, look, we need to be, you know, just 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 buckle down and do it. Like, like you know, I know it's going to be a lot of work. I know it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of vulnerability. But like, let's just buckle down and do it. Yeah. Yeah, and this is where I'm going to go ahead and step in. And this is quite literally how the conversation went. You have to be ready for that. <laughs> Writing is a lot. It's a lot. Um, not necessarily the process in terms of editing it and getting it published and stuff. There's publishers like us out there. Not that part. The emotional part of having to revisit that experience, right? Of having to dig up those emotions. How vivid are you going to get? with the experience of that accident and the experience of the healing. And that can be jarring for, for some people. Um, and so we, I noticed anyway, that our dear cousin, he was in this place where he was ready to open up, but there was a limit to it, um, a limit to how much he, he was able to share. And I'm like, well, I, I think that you should continue with the social media posts and work with us to start a project where we can create a space for people to talk about their trauma. Because as a community, we're ready for that. And as you talk to them, you start to build this community of people to support and strengthen you. And then maybe that can be the oomph that you need to actually write the book. Um, and of course, <laughs> the expert did not agree with that approach. I, I didn't agree at all, right? I didn't agree <laughs> at all. And I think some of it was, like I said, this, uh, this, this particular family member is uh, more like a, a younger brother to me. Uh, I was I was his mentor for years, um, you know, all through uh, high school, college uh, and my young adult life. You know, I kind of taken him up under my wing as as, uh, you know, sort of a, a protege, for lack yeah. of a better way of putting it. And uh, so I was I was pretty used to being very uh, aggressive, applying a lot of pressure on him. And uh, my wife kind of stopped me um, in the middle of a meeting. Now, now, remember, we are in the middle of. A business meeting right so we try to maintain a level of professionalism everybody knows that we're married we're a married couple uh running this company but uh we we, we try not to uh go there as we're conducting business but we we, we kind of start having a back and forth in the middle of this meeting 
and I get I get super upset. I'm talking about I turn my camera off, you know, roll my roll my chair away from the uh, desk, and I say, y'all can have it. Y'all can just do whatever the hell y'all want to do, right? And so, uh, long story short, the meeting ended, and me and my wife we continued having this uh, this heated fellowship conversation. And uh, I think the nature of the conversation was I was coming sort of from that standpoint that you know you're a woman, so you may not understand how men talk to each other and and some of the pressure that we apply as men. Um, and and uh, from that, you know, um, I don't even know which one of us. I think it was my wife, but she said that this sounds like a podcast. Um, you know, and and that was where sort of the the idea for the Blacked Out Couch came from. Uh, because we were in the middle of a heated fellowship. Uh, I stormed out of the room and I said, I hope she heals. Uh, she stormed out of the room and she said, I hope he heals. Um, and and magic was born from that. So that was kind of my idea. Once the project got started, I was kind of sticking to sort of that stance that I don't think as a community, the two peer groups, the two, the two uh, genders are ready to have a sit down and face some of the difficult conversations. You were projecting. I was projecting, projecting. but I'm always projecting. I'm always projecting. So um, what do y'all think about that? What do y'all think about that real quick before we get started? Let's bring everybody else up on the screen, uh, producer, and sort of get some feedback uh, about our story there. Well, I mean, uh, uh, it's almost like true. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 you that conversation i think goes to infinity if that makes sense you know what i mean it's 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 the adam and eve story you know what i mean it's the beginning it's it's you know to me god said to adam and then adam said to eve you know what i mean and 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 from that point on man it, i think this type of conversation, this type of thought process, this type of podcast uh, actually, you know, gives us a safe space to be able to, you know, uh, talk about it and be able to co-ed and become together. And, you know, even if it's not just for the world, at least for our own audiences, you see what I'm saying? So, you know, it's a great story, you know what I mean? It's a great uh, reason, you know, it's a great, you know, motivation to try to actually, you know, figure out what the, why we at each other's head, you know what I mean? And how we fix the problem. So yeah, definitely. I like it. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I'm I in was, it to win it. I would second what Donald said too. I think having a platform where you're getting a perspective from both men and women a man versus woman is healthy. I think um, for me, we often women often process from an emotional place right but hearing men process from a state of logistics then we can intertwine the two but having that on a platform where there are some people that didn't come from two parent homes they they never seen interaction between a man and a woman so having that available on this platform is giving our community something that some of them have never seen before we're not going to always agree but having the opportunity to see what disagreement looks like amongst black men and black women in a healthy light I think it's amazing, which is why I agreed to be a part of the project, which is why I was on Rodney's tail. Like we need to come together on one stage because 
I mean, we it's just something that's missing in our community. And I, we don't know who will be touched by seeing the interaction, whether we agree or disagree. So I think I'm I'm grateful for you guys having that experience that led you to creating this podcast. Right on, right on. Um, but you know what? I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt, but I it, it kind of go, goes to the point, uh, it, and it's piggybacking right back on uh, Ms. Devin. Happy birthday, for sure, for sure. Uh, but it's piggybacking because right now the type of podcast or the type of conversations that's being had is truly when it comes to men and women co-ed, it's it's all negative, negative, negative. What you're doing, what you're doing, you're not doing this, you're not doing this. And, you know, to have that platform to do it opposite, it, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle, but it's one worth fighting, you know what I mean? I think we heal in context. We don't heal in a vacuum um, from a trauma perspective, just from a day-to-day -day perspective. And I think the idea of having this kind of platform where the primary way that we as men is socialized, but I don't think we're necessarily just logical by nature or women are just emotional by nature. I think it's also in how we're socialized. Certain things are reinforcing us as we grow older. You know, I think I talked about it on one of the episodes about like how if a little guy goes out there and skins his knee, we immediately go to like, oh, well, man up, stop being soft, stop being a bitch whatever else and all of a sudden then this kid learns stifle those emotions right that grows into how we end up expanding into the world around us we got a whole part of us that's cut off that we don't know how to communicate anymore so when it comes down to like how we show up having this kind of platform we can expand into each other and actually have some real ass conversations and to actually have a space to say hey i'm coming from my perspective my side of the world where i was socialized in now you're coming from your perspective and then we actually can heal in context because I think the idea of being able to talk across the board like bad spades players in that situation, that is that scenario where we can figure out some shit. And I think being able to figure out some shit and modeling that for other people and say, no, this is possible. We can be heated. We can be as heated as humanly possible and still be on the same page. We can be as heated as humanly possible and not be disrespectful toward one another. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing in context because that is what allows people to actually figure out Oh, I got some blind spots I didn't necessarily see. I can, as as Miss Devin says, I can I can actually sit in my shit, figure out my shit, and communicate that shit to other people. So that's that's my two pieces about this situation. So I, I really do enjoy the platform. I think it, you you guys are going to touch a lot of people, and I don't think you realize how far your reach actually is. And I just mm -hmm. want to throw in there real quick. When everybody was talking, I was going to hop in, but I think of it like as music, right? So it's one song. We, you know, the male has the first one verse, the female got the verse, and then they come together on the chorus. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Or you can think about it as a choir. You got your sopranos, your altos, your tenors, but then you got to harmonize. You know, we got to harmonize at some point in time. So anyway, <laughs> that's just where my brain was going with that. But yes, it is very healthy to know the exact perspective of the male, the exact perspective of the female. And then this platform allows for us to learn how to mesh those together and how to harmonize and move forward in harmony. Yes, yes ma'am. That's about to be our word. You start one? getting out of control. Let's harmonize. When I start getting out of control. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, I hope you. Uh, so one, one last point. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> one last point I'm going to make um, before we, we go ahead and get started. Um, I've had I've heard a lot of chatter 
uh, you know, just in the public and in the community about the artwork for the show. Um, a lot of people assume that that's me and my wife on the cover or, or on the on the graphic. Um, but that's not us on the couch, ladies and gentlemen. I, I you know, it, it's supposed to be representative of, of, you know, a brother and a sister who are upset with each other. Right now, even though our story may have started that way, that's kind of where the project came from. Uh, the graphic artist that we use, Miss Flo Marie, shout out to Miss Flo Marie yes. Art uh, out of Kansas City, Missouri. Um, she 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 kind of worked with us on the vision and, um, you know, I kind of sent her some things that I had in mind. And none of the things that I sent her were me and my wife in terms of who those silhouettes should look like. So just to dispel the rumors, that's not us on the cover, but it's all of us on the cover, right? It's you, it's you, it's me, it's her, it's all of us. That's 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 what the whole uh, concept behind the artwork is. So I hope we heal. Uh, it's it's a real movement, man. And I'm glad that everybody was able to, to hop on the bandwagon, man, and hop on board, man. I'm glad everybody bought into this. Yes. yes. I don't know though. It's My dog. So weird that I got the ponytail and the locks, and she, she got the little ponytail and the locks, and you know, the little locks in the center. I don't know. You said that it wasn't us. It wasn't inspired. I mean, by you don't see my beard, like. Like, look at this. This is like a Jesus beard. So because like, his beard is shorter, that's that's how you covered it up. That ain't even a beard. That's facial hair. Oh, there's a difference between a beard and facial hair, uh, gentlemen. We'll get into that. Uh, you know, maybe in season two, man, we'll, we'll talk about some of those that. things. Um, you want to go ahead and get started? Let's do it. Let's go ahead and get started. Um, so why don't you preface this first couch moment? So what we'll be doing tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be doing a recap of the season. So we have some highlight clips uh, that we'll play as couch moments. So uh, I'll let Miss Princess here uh, go ahead and preface the first clip so we can get started. Yeah. So the first clip that we have um, is going to be focusing on kind of the the foundational topic of this season, which is going to be the perception of strength in our community. Uh, episode two for the sisters was talking about the strong black woman mantra out there, call it. Is it toxic? <laughs> is it essential? Is it a little bit of both? But there's this concept of what strength means, especially to be the strong black woman. Um, and the brothers also started off on a similar topic. Their topic was, why don't men show emotions? And we know <laughs> there's a whole stigma around men showing emotions. And so when we were thinking about where to start the first moment, the perception of strength in our community kind of found is the foundation of a lot of our beliefs, behaviors, um, and honestly, just generational thoughts. Whether or not those thoughts are right or wrong, we will get into tonight. But let's go ahead and see what the panelists have. To so, say. Uh, you well, no, I was just going to say we we are breaking down this first moment on the couch. We're breaking it down into kind of two separate moments. So I think we're going to play the clip from the brothers. The brothers. First. Let's let's play the, uh, the, the, the first clip. And uh, this will be the brothers. all can can agree uh the brothers here in this in this room i think that we all can agree that uh society um you know does a good job of suppressing black boys emotionally and mentally at a very young age right so you know we we, we do grow up uh in society in our day-to-day -day routine we do kind of get used to uh not expressing 
not displaying emotion, you know, not wearing our feelings on our shoulder. When does that disconnect usually start uh, for, for young black males in our community? Yeah, I say like four or five. Might even be a little bit younger. You know, uh, start off with the the man ups and, you know, the usual stuff like that. Sometimes it's just like, be a man, little boy, you know, even though this is a child or baby, it's like, be a man, hold that in. When you don't have a plan for the future, you don't realize how when you stifle somebody or stifle a child how that could affect them long term because you're just trying to make it through the day now you get some grace on that but that don't mean it ain't fucked up yeah for sure sure. it starts younger it starts it it starts with the like what's modeled it starts with you know what kind of traumas your folks came in with too as well and then you get socialized to not having like emotions or which ones you don't show because we have them we just don't have we're not we don't get reinforced in terms of how they're shown i want to say that's kind of a trick question because it kind of it depends on your surroundings uh those that were you know uh your siblings your parents uh your kin folks you know those that are in your neighborhood it, it all depends so uh you know we we hear four or five but it actually may be a little bit sooner than that um, and, and one of the reasons I say it depends on those that are in your surroundings, uh, simply because depending on the age, they could already see something that's in you and they kind of know what you're going to be facing out in your environment and so forth. And so, you know, we use the word, we use the word suppressed. Uh, I don't want to use that. I don't see that as a negative term most times it is but I don't want to use that as a as a negative term because it could just be be uh, preparation for what you do have to deal with in the upcoming future and I think there's a point to what Marcus is talking about too um, the idea of like I'm preparing you for a world that won't allow you to be soft it won't allow you to actually feel those emotions I mean, when's the last time you sat with your guys and I, I am a therapist but when's the last time you sat with your guys and said how you doing fellas well I just feel Sad. I can't really figure it out. Like I hope we get a chance to do that, but it's not necessarily reinforced. You know, and I think that yeah. the places spaces like this allows us to have, you know, more times so where we can actually sit down and take that armor off and say, hey, I'm, I'm kind of shitty today. And this is why, or this is how. So, you know, you brothers all bring up a real uh interesting dynamic. And uh I just want to, you know, make sure I'm following it right. Um what we're saying is for young black boys, uh, like Marcus, you know, alluded to brother brother Rogers, you also spoke about this, uh, preparing you for the world that you have to that you have to live in. So I believe that what we're speaking of is the dynamic of uh, there's two different Americas Americas that that we grow up in, you know, as black people um, uh, versus versus you know some of our other peers, right? Uh, you know, outside of our race. So um, that, that that was a look at 
the brother's first episode, which was crazy. Um, you know, kind of looking back on it, man, like with that being the first one out the gate, man, I was nervous as hell. I didn't, I didn't know who was going to show up and, and whatnot. Uh, but we had a really good dialogue though, brothers. We had a really, really good dialogue. Um, and I kind of like where we went with it because it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we get that a lot, um, from, from, from people in our community that, you know, um, men do not show emotion. Uh, like Brother Rogers pointed out, we in fact do show emotion. It's just not reinforced in, in how we're supposed to express them. So uh, I'm super proud of us, man, for opening up that dialogue. Yeah, I'm so I'm impressed. I have a question, though. Uh Oh, here we go. <laughs> no, I, I just just got to know. With that being the first topic, if there were any sisters in the room, brothers, would you have still joined or no? Yeah, I would. I would have. Are you asking all of the, me? Me? You asking yes. me too? Yes. Well, y'all know the answer for me. I definitely wouldn't have joined because I didn't think we was ready to have them sit down. So uh, I definitely would not have joined. Um, well, I guess if it was you, if it was just my wife in the room, That's I right. probably would have joined. That's right. That's right, honey. Uh, it's not. I'm not. I'm not trying to flirt or anything like that. It's just uh, my wife. Uh, you know, and I think this is the way that it should be, but my wife is, is truly my safe space. She's my safest space uh, out of all spaces that I can kind of go towards. So I definitely, uh, I wouldn't have been nervous, as nervous about her being in the room. But like, if Miss Devin or Nico would have been in the room, I definitely wouldn't join. I would have waited to the unpacking. I got a question. I, I, I got, man, I'm about to say the same thing, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I you got a question. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you, know, you know, and this is for the ladies. Um, I just want to know your opinion. Do y'all truly feel that a woman can raise a man? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, he done went there with it. He done went there. He done just pulled it right on out. I think we are put in positions where we have to, but we don't mm -hmm. have all the skills and the tools needed to fully and successfully raise a man to be a man. We do the best with what we got, but I don't think it was God's intent nor his design. So we just do what we have to do when we have to do it. So when he, when he falls, do you poo poo him or do you tell him to get up and it's going to be all right and be a, be, you know, be a man like our uncles and, and, you know, fathers would have then done to us. So the crazy thing is, I'm one of the all poo-poo kind of mamas, but then I get reprimanded by men around me that I'm making him soft. So um, isn't that I think crazy? That's why these conversations need to be had because I encourage, I have two boys and a girl. I encourage my boys to tap into their emotions. If I do something and make them feel any way, use your words and tell me how you feel. Tell me what that feels like. What's going on in your body? Like I try to trigger and pinpoint those triggers i mean but necessarily um that that's just the type of mother that i am but i don't think that it's a common thing which i really hope that these conversations kind of ignite some of those things within our families that it is okay to have our boys talk about their emotions and say that they're hurt. Like when my son cries, you have to tell me why you're crying. You can't just be crying. You're crying because your toys stopped working. That's not a reason to cry, but let's see how we can get it working. Find solutions. So I'm one of them mothers, but I'm also really 
uh, big on mental health and emotions. So that's dead. Yeah, yeah. See, that's exactly why you a woman can't raise men. That's exactly why. <laughs> Y'all better start sticking around then, poppies. Hold on, man. I Hold knew. On. Yeah, I got the spoon. I got the wooden spoon out tonight. Like, see, my thought process is what men tell our sons is like, look, I gave it to you. I bought it. I told you to take care of it. Now you done broke it, and now you crying. Now, now don't get it twisted. Now don't get it twisted. You know what I mean? But because this is the thing though, that now we have to start getting our kids to understand what the difference is of priorities is. You know what I mean? That's a whole nother topic. But if, if this, if my son or my child, you know, and, and if you could call it tough love, I'm not sure. We may, we may sit down and, and try to break and or uh, fix the uh, broken pieces or whatever, but if he crying about it, yeah, I'm, nah, bro. I'm gonna give you something to cry about. I'm gonna see six inches. You know, what I mean, that's the it, tough it, love it, that creates it, it, the culture in me. Pause. I heard pause. I heard pause. I mean, why are you giving them six inches, bro? What? Me too. Oh, see. There you go, bro. There you go, bro. There you go. Flutter kicks, JB, man. Flutter kicks, bro. <laughs> you know, um, if, if, if I could chime in just really, really quick here, man. Um, you know, man, man and, and um, you know, the way that we do express emotions, um, I, I, I think it's a no-win situation regardless, man. Like, I think that even if you have somebody that, that, that does kind of cater to that, um, they would be considered coddling you. If you have somebody that is insensitive to your emotions, uh, then they're being just that they're being insensitive. Right. Um, Ms. Devin, she talked about, you know, if, if, you know, her son was crying because the toy was broken, that's not a, a, a reason to cry. I'll tell you right now, if my favorite toy got broke tonight, I'm going to be shedding tears. If my PlayStation five is not working when I get home. That's my toy. Okay. And, 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 and if, and if I start shedding tears, I don't want nobody to tell me that's not a reason to cry as a man, whether I was a little boy or whatever, I don't want nobody to tell me what's the reason to cry. Um, I would be mad. You better not be crying. You better man up. You better not be crying. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm about to say, GT, because we also do that as men. Like, 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 I don't want anybody to tell me that something is not a reason to cry. But if I saw one of my little cousins or my nephews crying over what I thought was bullshit, I'm gonna tell them to man up. I think that that's just that's that's part of the uh, the healing that we need to continue to go through. So I got a question. Okay. Now, Here we while, go. While, while we don't walk through all this, why is that the case though? Does this get back to the perception of strength? Like that, the, I need to know. What Absolutely. Complex dynamic with emotions. Make it make sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I just think, what if we really, if if we were raised where emotions were glorified and, and thought to talk about, then no one would have this perception anyway. But because this has been our culture and our community and it's our norm in our community, then it's 
shunned upon. So I don't think there's anything wrong with the man having emotions. I don't think there's anything wrong with my son crying, but he has to be able to explain why he's crying. And I think that is where the disconnect is when men have emotions versus women having emotions. They're not able to articulate what they feel, how they feel, why they feel. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that men don't are not way to we don't articulate that or a child? Men and men don't because they weren't taught as a child to do so. Now there's a there's a handful of men that can and will, but let's talk about community-wise. Most men are not about to talk about how they feel, why they feel that way, where the feeling came from. So then they shut down, they shut us out, and a lot of our relationships end because of that. A lot of uh, childhood traumas, mother issues, all of that um, kind of plays a part in why our men don't feel safe enough to say that they feel a certain kind of way. So I think it it all starts from childhood trauma. Well, I I, I kind of agree. Miss Devin, I disagree. I'm a, a, a y'all help me. me out with this with this point. Uh, it, it, when a man gives you his feelings, you know, sometimes y'all don't take it as a grain of salt. It, it it's got to be more. You know what I mean? Like if if you have if you have a certain feeling about something that we are, you know, deep and deep and passionate about, and we articulate those feelings, you know, we'll, you know, dig, we'll do it. We'll talk about it three different, four or five different ways of the same thing because we want you to really understand how we truly feel. But sometimes feelings don't have to be deep all the time. So if you say, well, how do you feel? And I say, oh, well, I'm good. Well, well, what about then what about, and it's like, okay, well, I just told you that, and, and it's not really nothing more than that. It's just that. So in a sense, you know, we do talk about our feelings, but sometimes y'all kind of take it a little bit deeper or y'all think it's more than what it is than what we're saying. No way. No way. I can't really disagree with that. Um, I think we both do that, though. I think both genders do that. Um, I know there's times that I'll ask my wife, is something wrong? She tells me nothing's wrong. And I insist something got to be wrong. Her body language, uh, you know, so on and so forth. So I, th I think it's sort of a human trait, if you ask me. We got we got different communication styles, man. Like, um not speaking for women, just speaking on my life experience. If my girl asks me I'm good, to me it just means I'm good. What she wants is every bit of thing, every single thing that happened that day that led to it being good. It's still good, but she wants the details. And then it's vice versa. So we're, we're like that with positive and women are like that with negative. So when something's wrong with your girl, and you just know what's something wrong with your girl. She's like, it's all good or whatever. It ain't nothing. It's like, nah, it's something more than that. So I think we kind of got opposite ends of the coin on that because as black men, we can be in a good mood, but it's it's hard for us to really sit in and enjoy joy. It's hard for us to really be in that place, especially, you know, we all hood niggas on some level. You know what I'm saying? 
So from growing up and having to be like, oh, we had a good time. So-and-so got shot. Oh, I'm having a good day at school. Come home. Parents is acting crazy. It's real hard for us to really sit and enjoy as black men because on top of all that, which our black girls go through too, but on top of all that going on, now as black men, you have to turn around and, okay, you as a man need to be fixing, you need to be providing, you need to be doing all of this and not showing it that you're having a hard time. You can have a hard time. So when it comes to that that stoicism that a lot of us tend to carry around, it's hard for us to really sit in the positive aspects of life and when it happened. And that's what a lot of times we mess out on. So I, th- I feel like I kind of went off a little bit off the topic, but that's just kind of where it took me. No, I think, I, you're right on. I think you're right on, though. I think you're right on. When you talk about the idea of, like, being able to share and sit in joy and connection, I mean, I think that's that's the thing that emotions are there for, to be able to share with somebody what's going on with you on a day-to-day basis. And I think what, from a men's perspective, from a men's perspective, we end up like, struggling with emotional vulnerability. The ability to share, like, oh, because we hear emotion and think, we see, we hear and see, this is a problem I need to solve. I have an emotion, I need to find a skill, I need to find something that stops this thing from going out. We see it as the smoke detector in our house, and we gotta get this shit out. When in reality, it's just a way of communication. It's just a way of saying, yo, I, like you said, you know, I'm like, bro, I'm like, I, something happened in the hood today, I'm fucked up behind it. It doesn't mean I have to solve this particular situation. It means I need to be able to sit in it literally and say, like, hey, I want somebody to hold space because Think about emotions. The bigger this bad boy gets, the less skill is going to actually work. We actually need co-regulation, meaning we need other people, other people to show up with us to hold that emotion. But if we find ourselves saying, well, I got to solve this problem and as a man, I got to solve it by myself. Or if we communicate it that way, you're going to be a man. You're going to go off and solve that feeling by yourself. The person we're communicating with maybe end up dealing with like a 10, 12, 20 year backlog. You never dealing with any of these feelings of sadness, disappointment, frustration, uh, rage, or anything like that. And now all of a sudden, you're taking out shit on somebody else emotionally that ain't got shit to do with them. So part of this process is being able like, to slowly begin to approach one's own emotions, name them as such, and allow somebody to witness you in that space. But if we keep shaming our guys, we keep shaming each other and saying, oh, well, you can't show that. Oh, you soft, you show that. Or if we internalize that, and if our sisters end up shaming us for that, I guarantee you to probably keep bumping right head along into each other over and over and over again. I got a, I got yeah. a, a thought process or uh, question, but you know, I, I kind of, I thousand percent agree with you uh, when we as, you know, like me as a married man, you know, doing, having that vulnerability for, with my wife, like that, like that's totally different. Yeah. But the way that we raise our sons and our boys is to deal with the world. Like we, we, we now, you know, I, I grew up in a time where, you know, my mama told me to shut up and that was it, you know, but we're raising our kids to give them a voice, you know, but at the same time, is that detrimental? I think it is because now they didn't got so we didn't got them a voice so much now they want to back talk. So it's like there's a difference in between, you know, being able to have those type of emotions and being able to expand those emotions. But that's only should be, you know, as far as vulnerability is concerned is with your significant other, your wife or your husband. 
I want to challenge the that, world. Now look, this, I hope everybody on her healing. But yeah, yeah. but but <laughs> I, I I wanted to present another perspective that might may or may not help all of the points that were about to bubble up. So in episode two, we the sisters talked about the mental strength of a man and how that was challenged or or at war during the slavery time. Um, we all know about the Willie Lynch letter. Some of us do, some of us don't. But it's the psyche that's presented that was present during that time. Um, th that's the part of the letter that is really mind blowing. And so we want to go ahead and play the clip from the sisters so that we can talk about this mental strength um, and men and how that that might maybe sort of has something to do with the emotional expression or lack thereof. So I do want y'all while we, we sold on the DNA thing. Yes. I do want y'all to talk to us about if there's really a systemic thing um, that could have happened from from way back when, right? So here's the reading of the Willie Lynch letter that Ms. Nico had mentioned earlier. By her being left alone, unprotected, with the male image destroyed, the ordeal caused her to move from her psychological dependent state to a frozen independent state, her referring to the black woman. In this frozen psychological state of independence, she will raise her male and female offspring in reverse roles. For fear of the young man's life, she will psychologically train him to be mentally weak, independent, but physically strong. Because she has psychologically become independent, she will train her female offsprings to be psychologically independent. And then it asks, what have you got? If you continue on with the letter, it, it basically talks about a broken community. But do you all think that that mentality having been forced into the woman way back when to learn to be independent, does that have anything to do with um, maybe our inability to even feel like it's okay to show emotion because now we have to play this this um, everything role? They took our protector and made us feel like we had to be the decision makers. Like they, they molded that thought process into us. So it, it's no, it's no confusion while we sit around here thinking like we don't need a man for nothing. Like when I, when you read that, like I, I got chills. Like that, it just makes everything make sense. Like you mother. <laughs> but it goes to what I think Adrian was saying earlier too. Like sometimes we just like take it too far. Because, you know, when I hear that, it's most definitely right in line with all of the systematic things that have been done to us, you know, over um, centuries. Um, but it is in line with kind of taking it too far. So if you were in a situation and you had no choice, the protector was taken away. So you had to raise the children and then you raise them in the way that that letter that what she just read highlighted. That's because you were in that scenario we took it too far we didn't have to be in that scenario like when slavery ended 
we didn't have to be in that scenario. So there was a there's just a gap where we fail to unlearn things. Well, that goes back to mental health. Absolutely. You've got a lot of, high, yeah. a lot of <laughs> hypersexual people at a young age because yeah. of mental health problems. Okay, so we went there, y'all. And I heard us talking about the mental weakness of a man, that that was the goal, that was the objective. Um, and so connecting that back to tonight's discussion, in order to show and process emotions, that takes a certain amount of mental energy, um, a, a certain amount of mental strength versus, you know what, let me just go do this, go fix something. Um, as, as Bert put it, because you're physically moving, you're physically seeing, right, the benefit of your work. It's physical versus when you make emotional and mental strides, what, how do you know that you're improving? What's your physical reward? So I would like to maybe throw that question out there is, do we think that there are systemic issues that could have caused us to have this view on, especially black men not wanting to show emotion? But then I also think, Mr. Donald, that you were a little bit challenged, too, in what you shared, because if our history of people, bad things happen to us whenever we try to express ourselves, right, especially the men, what if the thought process of my children expressing themselves is continued iterations of that? So what if that is really generational curse? And we just never learned how to be able to appreciate that because it was not a liberty afforded to us. So I don't know who wants to pick up and who gonna bite first, but that was two separate things. One was yeah. the emotional strength. Second I would was say, because um, part of the reason why I brought up that I wanted to you know, challenge Brother Donald on that point, and of course, everything always with all due respect, uh, is because it's kind of the old um, old verbiage, you say, you know, question everything. So, because um, he he and forgive me, I'm still I'm dealing with a little bit of brain fog here, but he said that, oh, well, in my day, you know, mama said, shut up, you just shut up. And now the kids want to talk back. I, he was just pretty sure he was just giving that as an example. So my question would then be, okay, what's wrong with the child talking back? Is the child correct or not? Are you wrong or not? Did they say it in a respectful way? And not just stop at, oh, I can talk back to my mama, so you can't talk back to me. You kind of have to question everything. And there's an old, um, Kurt probably knows what I'm talking about, but there's an old, like, it's not, I don't know if it was a real study or not, but it's an old story about if you got a bunch of monkeys sitting around and if you teach, if you teach the monkey, if you pull this lever, you'll get hit. But if you pull that lever, you'll get food. After a while, even if you turn the level that will hurt the monkey off, the old monkeys will teach the new monkey not to hit that lever because don't nobody want to get hurt no more. And so in a lot of ways, we tend to still carry on things that either shouldn't have been 
carried on in the first place no longer apply, doesn't apply on the same level just because it's tradition. You know, a lot, a lot of generational curses are tied to traditions. Mm-hmm. Children not being able to express themselves is one of those. Because if a child can't trust you with the fact that they don't like this flavor popsicle, how can they trust you with the fact that I've been touched? Mm-hmm. If a well, child... okay, G down, G down. I w- you made a point. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt this because I want to make yes, and clarify my words. Yes, sir. I first I did say that you know uh, when our parents you know said shut up they shut up, but I also said that we have now given our children a voice, and now because we have given them a voice, now they are talking back. So it's like. Now we we gave them a, a inch and then they took a foot. So I just wanted to clarify what I said versus you know what you're actually you know yes, talking sir. against. And I'm sorry if I'm rambling, but my point is, what's wrong with them taking that foot? What is the issue with that? That's what I would yeah. like to know. And, and I think I like how even in our clip that we just watched, how Nicole said we took it too far, like. I'm one of those kids where my parents raised me where I could express how I feel. And because I learned that, I teach that to my kids. So if I say something, I'm I'm not perfect. And my kids will pull my tail. And and because I create that environment, I also show them that when I make a mistake, I can apologize for it. So it creates an environment where my, like he said, where my my children can trust me. There's so many things that I've expressed on this um, podcast, especially with my daughter being molested. I wouldn't have knew that if my daughter didn't trust me, if I didn't create that environment in our in our household where she knew that it was safe to come talk to me. If I always tell her to be quiet or because I said so or no, because I said no, then she's going to feel like she doesn't have a voice. And I think that is a thing that muzzles us. And another part of um emotions and being okay with teaching our boys how to have emotions is what does okay mean? Like when, when, when men say I'm okay, I'm cool. Like that's not an emotion. And I'm just playing therapist devil's advocate. Like an emotion is anger, rage, happy, sad to say, I'm okay. That's kind of like a cultural thing. And depending on your tone, it can be taken any way. So teaching our kids how to effectively use their emotions when they're explaining how they feel then when they become men and their wives ask them well babe how was your day oh it was cool we don't know what that means which is why we probe with more questions because we're trying to get more clarity on what your real emotion is so i think opening- uh, uh, it, man i'm sorry man I, i'm hearing what y'all saying but you don't want to hear us down. <laughs> that shit is bullshit like, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm like. I mean, my blood is like churning. Is that an emotion, Donald? <laughs> <laughs> listen, 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 listen. No, no. Listen, I'm man. I'm hearing what y'all saying. I truly, truly am. Uh, but the, the whole point of the matter is, is when it comes to the the, the type of information that we're we're dealing with when we're dealing with our kids. You know, I can understand, you know, giving them them type of choices when it comes to, you know, what type of food you want to eat or what type of clothes you want to wear and things like that. But when we're talking about foundational things that we have to instill in our kids, ain't no goddamn choice. 
Because number one, who is going to be more better for my children and their and their actual emotional stability and whatever it takes? It is me. So yeah, we could say that. Okay, well, based off of, because I've made mistakes, but I'm a grown man, so I have I, to deal with those you, mistakes. Though. But but I, I, hold up, hold up. But this is the thing though. Like when we're, if we as parents are the ones that's dealing with our kids and we're doing it the best way that's for them, it is not for us. Every last one of us that have children, we do what we do for them and it is for the best for them. So there is no, when I say go, when I say stop, God damn it, I mean stop. Ain't no, oh, well, why should I stop? Like what? But what's wrong with you explaining to them that they're going to be in harm's way so that they can understand? But either way, I'm going to talk no, on no, the no, 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 but do you go back and explain as a parent? Most of the time you say, I said, stop, and then you go on about your day. You don't go back and sit them down and say, well, this is why I told you to stop at this point, because this is the learning lesson that you, you feel like I'm the entitled parent, but you're not understanding that what you're instilling in, in your child is what was instilled in you, which is generational things, which could be the curses that we're not breaking. So, so, so you mean, so you mean to tell me that there's, a, there's, there's objective there's objective truths about raising our kids. Have like, you read the like, four no. agreements? Have you read the four agreements? Because I'm going to speak on one thing. I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. I praise Jesus Christ daily. My oldest son came to me and told me he didn't understand what the religion was about. He don't know if Jesus Christ is real. I could have been that parent and said, you're going to believe it because I believe it. But I have to give my son space to understand what's best for him to understand. If I trust in Jesus Christ, he's going to bring my son that way. But I'm not going to force him to believe in a religion because I do. Because if you read it, in the four agreements everything that we believe to this day is because our parents told us to believe it because their parents told them to believe it because somebody else told them to believe it so we have to give some kind of reign for freedom of thought freedom of speech and everything else we we have to trust that what we're doing and what we're instilling in our kids they're going to be the best that they can be because they come from us not because you're going to beat it in them or make them stop because you say stop because just because you're telling them that they're not learning a lesson so now they're going to go. No, nah, I ain't saying nothing about beating them up. No, no. Oh. Let me call the time out. 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 I think Brother brother Rogers uh, wants to want, uh, chime in. And uh, hopefully he can bring us back to earth from a clinician standpoint. Uh, why these black folks on camera? <laughs> Look, where's his prop? Bring your prop back with you yeah, too. Back. I, got, I got that. I got that. I got that. <laughs> I was about to come in and yeah. I hope you heal. I hope you heal. <laughs> I think speaking as a parent, speaking as a father of two very fiery, very opinionated daughters, I raised them. Me and their mother raised them specifically to push back against us. I want you to ask questions. I want you to say, well, my oldest would check me quickly. Daddy, hold on, you you always told me there's a reason why you tell me to do something. So why? The reason specifically why I wanted them to have that is not only for them as women, as they grow, to grow, grow from girls to women, that they learn that like your voice is not only valuable, 
but you can push back against a guy and have a reasonable discussion. I want that to be that soft, safe place you can land in to reason through things. So you have that modeled already. I don't want their first boy, their first interaction with a man is the man shutting them down. In the same way, in the same way, from a parental perspective, it behooves us to explain things to our kids because they get the lessons that way. They don't. They learn. They learn. They learn specifically. Oh, I I can't run outside with no shoes on because there might be glass out there. I don't run outside with no shoes on because there might I might cut my foot. I don't want a scenario where my authority is the only thing that stops them. Because what happens when I step away? What happens when I'm out of town? What happens when I'm out of training? What happens when I am not able to instill that fear that says my daddy's gonna be mad at me if I do this? What if I internal or they can internalize and say, well, the reason why I don't do this is because of this outside circumstance, not because my father's gonna be angry at me. I want them to understand that because I am I am teaching them. And their mother is also teaching them how to be in relationship with other people. It's not about like whether they put their dish back in the sink. It's not about them being too loud in the space. My five-year-old, when she's in a small space now, I say, hey, there's other people out there. Let's lower your voice. Now, I could I could teach her like it was taught to me. Hey, shut the hell up. Stop yelling. And I, they, same behavior would show up, but I think if we focus solely just on the behavior and not on the relationship, we are missing the point. And I think what happens a lot of times in that space is we get pissed off because when someone says, hey, there's an expansion here that you can expand into, into a space that we were ourselves were not raised into. We were not raised into a space where we could expand into our own emotions, our own feelings, and we weren't given a reason. For some of us, we weren't given a reason at all. For, for some of us, we were given a belt or smack to the face. So when it comes down to like expansion, expansion to that space, oh, it bumps into our shit. And that is scary as hell. Because now you're like, uh, I gotta, I gotta actually feel this. I gotta actually feel this stuff to actually communicate it. And when it comes down to like the why, and this is where I'll leave it in this situation, we are raising our kids to, we're not raising them to have a safe space and a soft space because that's the reasoning is, because when they go out there, they're gonna face white supremacy. They're gonna face patriarchy. They're gonna face, homophobia. They got to face all these particular things all at the same time. A world is not going to be kind to them whatsoever. So why would I replicate that environment out there in my household? Because if you replicate that environment that's out there in your household, I can guarantee you they will not be able to tell the difference between mistreatment inside versus outside their household. No way to tell the difference. How you tell the difference between one and the other if, you, if you're not modeling softness in that space? I'm not saying, now, don't, now trust me, don't get me wrong. I hold myself and my kiddos to a high standard. I make sure that they understand that, like, hey, there are expectations for your behavior. When you put away your clothes, make sure they go in a dirty clothes hamper. Fold your stuff away. Talk to me with respect the same way I do. I don't yell at them. You don't yell at me. At the same time, though, I do that because I built a relationship with them. So when both of my kiddos say, hey, dad, I need to talk to you about something. Well, let's go out to the trampoline and jump around while we talk about this. Hey, that goes for my five-year-old and my 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. Daddy, I'm having big feelings. Can I talk to you about this? That's my mm. five-year-old talking. And that's mm. not that's not me being a therapist. I don't bring my therapist hat home. As a matter of fact, I leave that shit at my door as soon as I walk, as soon as I get off, as soon as I log off. It's done. I'm dead. So it's important to be able to have that space because I know for me, with my parents, I grew up, if you watch some of the episodes, I tell you with a straight face, I grew up in a hood-ass household in a hood-ass environment with two hood-ass parents. And I love them to death. But some of the shit they weren't healed from impacted me as an adult and still impacts me as an adult. 
And my job as a man is to dive in there, deal with the shit that I wasn't given, so I can show something different to my daughters. Right like, on. That's that's why that's, 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 that's the real shit. I think that's the real shit that's been said tonight. Um, and I'm saying that while agreeing with Mr. Wig. I don't have kids, but I'm gonna tell y'all right now, uh, I'm gonna treat my kids the way I was treated when I was pledging. Okay, do the <laughs> shit that I said do, okay, and later on when it's late at night and there ain't nobody around, I will tell you why I told you that. So Shout out to Miss Devin because it's it, that's the way that I was treated pledging. We had a lot of we had a lot of things happen to us, but our dean of pledges explained some of those things to us every single night. They would explain why these things happen. So I'm saying, Bert, you said some real shit, but I do agree with Mr. Wig, and I do think that I probably will have some of those qualities. Uh, but I think with Mr. Wig's point, and I and I know we got to go to break. Um, I think Mr. Wig's point was certain foundational things motherfucker you ain't got a voice on this i said turn my motherfucking light off because you running my damn light bill up that is I'm not, not foundation. like that i'm saying on certain foundational things certain things is not up for discussion and guess Princess what blink if you need help hold on guess what <laughs> i'm glad you said that because guess what that don't only apply to children as a man Hey, turn my lights out, bro. Are we about to get into submission? This ain't enough for compromise. So look, we're gonna go ahead. Let's let's take commercial break because we get real heated on the stage and we still got a great show lined up for y'all. So let's do a commercial break. And we'll be back. At Lifted KC, we aim to reduce the stigma associated with mental health by promoting awareness of mental illness its symptoms, and providing resources for those in need. We believe that through trust, relationships, understanding, service, and teamwork, transformation is possible. Support the Men Heal movement by donating to the Cash App handle LiftedKC.org. For more information about our organization, visit www.liftedkc.org. Lifted KC, transforming lives through hope and peace. What's good? This is Jazz from 64111 Studio. Make sure you holler at me for all your mixing, mastering, and recording needs. For booking, please visit www.64111studio.com. We got some more sponsors to shout out. What up, podcast world? This your dude, Walt Lee Dundilla, the popper, Mr. Activelli. Pull up on me, 1809 Vine, 8600 Ward Parkway, or yes, I'm Casey.com. Casey is my home. 
Most scratched in the rest, where your bag at? Posted in the store, moving t-shirts and dad hats. Buy three, get one free, you can have that. Niggas get panicked, quintiles being lab rats. As a community, we look at the word trauma as one of those uh, hush-hush words. Fall 2023. It's a stigma around that word. Like nobody wants to be labeled or be classified under that. Angela Marie Publishing proudly presents. If you look at it, trauma is merely just being exposed or voluntarily or involuntarily to a situation um, that changes your outlook. Sit in your shit. A 30-day guided journal for processing a crisis. You have become accustomed and immune to your own shit. Written by Miss Devin Elise, certified life coach and founder of Lifted KC. Because mental health doesn't care where you are, what you're doing, who you are, it's going to kick in when it want to kick in. Fall 2023, sit in your shit. When it finds its place to trigger you, boom, you're triggered. If you don't deal with the trauma, you're gonna constantly be triggered. The highly anticipated guided journal from Kansas City's own, Devin Elise. And one of the things that I'm learning in my associates with this healing is to be aware and to sit in my shit. For more information, Visit AngelaMariePublishing.com. When I feel something, I sit there and figure it out. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling? Because when I can identify it, I, the next go round, I can prevent it before. Sit in your shit. Available now. All right, we back. We back. Can y'all hear me? Loud and clear. Yep. Can y'all still hear us? Okay. Yes, sir. All right, all right. We back. We back. So, um, man, it was getting kind of heated before that commercial break. I was just checking the comments. Somebody, I think that's LaShonda in the comments. She's on her uh, her government name, and I think that she called me. She said that that was child abuse, what I said earlier. Uh, I was on the half <laughs> serious. Um, I'm, I don't think that I'm going to yell and curse at my children, but I will be very stern. Um, so, so that brings me, I think we should just jump right into the next couch moment. Y'all ready for another moment? Yeah. Okay. Let's, go. let's, let's jump into uh, the second moment. If you don't mind producer and let's, let's see where this takes us. That's just my opinion. I think that protection and security is a man's thing. The second question I have is like, you know, does that person feel safe under your wing? Let me flip it because that word protected, protection, all of it is like my earth. 
I know for me personally that that's been my story is that I learned early on not to trust men because it wasn't safe to trust them. Are you responsible for them feeling safe? If you I, provide I, all of that stuff, if you provide the security, financial, all that stuff, are you responsible for them feeling safe? So I want to say childhood trauma is real. And I have learned through my journey of therapy, healing, that a lot of what I'm experiencing now, a lot of my um, reluctancy to submit is based on not being protected as a child. I was raised like that. And so when I had to do it, I'm like, oh, this is not a familiar place for me. But, but God created me strong enough to do it. So I like that. And I think the reason why was because I was always protected by my brother. I was always protected. So I think I connect the submissiveness, being surrounded by the boys and my uncles, because it was a lot of them, only two girls there. I always felt protected. And as an adult, doing all those things that I've done for my kids, I've done it, but honestly, I don't know the last time I felt protected. Are you responsible for the fact that they don't feel secure under your protection? That's a great question. Right. Because, that's because I do think that dynamic exists. I mean, let's be honest, man. Look to your left and right. I don't mean black women say it all the time. They don't feel protected by us, mm -hmm. just in general. Black women right. say that they don't feel protected by us. So, so whose responsibility is that to make them mm -hmm. feel protected or whose responsibility is it that they don't feel protected? I think that's what Scott is asking. Yeah. Okay. Right. It took a lot of work for me to be able to be in a, a position where I felt comfortable and felt safe to be able to trust my husband and to be able to be vulnerable. And because to me, that was a, another part of being submissive was being vulnerable. And nobody likes to necessarily feel vulnerable because to Janine's point that, um, and Devin's point that feeling vulnerable takes away that, that level of um, protection that you have. And so if that's the, the frame of reference that you come from then submission that's a that's a cuss word that's a fighting word <laughs> yes. come on now yes it will take some adjusting to you know trust someone else you know to, to do those things I'm sorry. Um, the end of that video just kind of threw me off. Submission is a cuss word, ladies. Yes. I just, I just, I, I don't understand. Uh, can somebody explain this to me? Because I was trying to whisper in my wife's ear. I was flirting with her at first while we was on commercial, and then I heard that, and and we almost got into a heat. So submission is a cuss word. That was the perspective <laughs> of someone who basically kind of had some experiences that really didn't line up with, you know, being submissive. Um, I know one thing that I mentioned in that particular episode was that sometimes we kind of tag our own definitions to things and then we develop, we kind of turn them into stigmas kind of ourselves. But the actual definition, you know, of submission you know, should not be a cuss word or make you want to run and scream. It's just oh, no, being right. in line with 
with you know each other just kind of conforming to the um the plan and you know being the helpmate all of that good stuff but no that was just in context of that's how some women feel about it after they've either submitted to the wrong person or they've misunderstood the meaning of submission and then when somebody comes to them like submit they're like hell no <laughs> you know but that's kind of what that context was okay now i've been very open and transparent about how i i'm still learning to embrace submissiveness you know but my girl shonda we tried to have her own but the universe had other plans god had other plans and i'm just telling y'all she up in the comments and i appreciate her because i know she oh, got a cuss word for her right <laughs> so shonda, yes yes <laughs> i remember that it was a straight up cuss word for her <laughs> and i went too far behind her i got right. to do but but I, I i do want to pose this question to y'all since we got the men and the women sisters brothers here is submissiveness necessary for protection absolutely yes i'm just going to throw the answer out there absolutely submission absolutely. And i like i like i like the way that, that 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 the ladies the sisters uh shout out to the sisters black girl magic black girl magic shout out to the sisters i love uh the way that the sisters um explain things in their episode on submission uh because I, believe it or not i learned some things i learned a lot of things uh, there were some biblical references, and, and we can get into that if we need to. But uh, one of the things that the sister said about submission, they look at submission as uh, cooperation, right? So, so, so uh, you know, me and my wife, we, we consider ourselves to be partners, not only business partners, but we are life partners, right? And in partnership, uh, depending on at any given moment, everybody has a role to play, okay? I said this, and I might have said it in the clip. Um, but my opinion is that protection and security is a man's job. I don't care what race you are. I don't care how old you are. Once you legal age, you are, you, you, you are, are a man. Okay. At 18 years old, motherfucker, you better not be, you better make sure don't nothing happen to your mama, to your grandma. You, you teach those things even to young men because protection and security, in my opinion, that is a man's area. So to answer the question. Yes, you do need to have submission in order to protect somebody effectively because submission is cooperation. Look at Princess over there looking hot. <laughs> because hey, you over there cursing, Rodney. You over there cursing. No, that was a good look. That was a good look. Like that's my man talking. Oh, okay. Well, I don't think that question had gender roles associated to it. So I was just confused as to where that came out in your response. No, you're not confused because you know how I feel about pr protection and security. And, and that's one of those things. Perfect example, right? There is no discussion. I don't have to tell you why I said do this. Go in the house right now. Do this. I don't have to explain that to you in that moment. I might not ever explain it to you. I might just remind you, hey. Security and protection is my area, right? So I, I, I'm running point on this. You follow my lead. You cooperate. And there are areas where I'm going to submit to her. One of the things that I think that I learned in y'all's episode that I never had thought about uh, or even just kind of processed the thought was the fact that we all as humans, as adults, uh, we submit in our day-to-day -day routines to a number of different individuals, number of different entities, a number of different ideas, 
And uh, I, I really do thank thank the sisters for kind of pointing that out because that's a good point to be made when we're talking about submission. Submission itself is not gender-based. Men submit, women submit. However, wifey, the question you asked was about protection, okay? And protection to me is a man's area. If anybody else I've got, to come in. Y'all seen that story, right? Uh, where in New York, where the young lady and the young man, I guess they had a beef with their neighbor uh mm -hmm. and and he came out with the scissors and he him and his son got killed mm -hmm. there, there there was a lot of chatter you know in the comments and me and my wife was you know speaking about that you know like it, you know whenever there's uh two men you know because that's one of the things that is real is very very important when it comes to our women and understanding what protection is uh especially when it's prote it's pr protection of your life because us men we will give our life mm -hmm. for our wives uh no no second chances it doesn't matter so when it comes to protection you know i like that man his attention was off of that man and on his wife because mm -hmm. she's pulling on him and trying to get in between two men in a dangerous situation unfortunately that that lady husband and her son got killed now is it because she pulled him away from from him not necessarily but to me when i look at that video that give i mean it, it was a lot of uh, has a lot to do with it because men should not when we're in protective mode we don't need to be should not be interrupted and sometimes that can be a line that can be you know kind of scrambled and we want to try to straighten that out and let you guys know that we when we when we say protect we mean do as we say not what you want to do and it's very very important that that is done and it is to be done immediately I'm going to actually agree with Donald for once in a lifetime. No, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I watched that and I wholeheartedly agree. There are a few questions that I had, like, why was she even out there in the first place addressing the situation when there were two men, clearly her older 24 some year old son and her husband was in the house as well. They should have already taken the lead on that conversation. I don't think she should have never addressed it. Um, but I will say that I'm one of those alpha women. So in dating, in conversations, I ask those questions up front. Like, here's a scenario. If we're doing this and this happens, what would you want to see me do? Because do you want me to run to the car and sit in the car? Do you want me to just move back? Me personally, as a woman, I'm not going to let you engage in anything that's going to cost you your life. So saying that, those are conversations that I have up front because I think men automatically think protecting means rough, tough strength. No, sometimes it means grabbing my hand and we both walking away so that we can make sure we make it back to our kids. I don't need you to be the strong man that's about to hoorah in front of another man's face because in that situation, you never know what a person has. Um, there was another thing on Facebook where it was like... Um, a woman said if a, a group of guys grabbed her butt while she was with her man, what should her man do? Keep walking because clearly 
Protecting me is making sure you get me back to wherever we came from safe. I don't need you addressing a group of men or even a hostile man just to prove to me that you can protect me. Sometimes protecting is keeping me in safety and getting me to safety, not making me go by myself because then we're sitting in a car worried about you and God forbid anything happens. Now we're in the car not knowing what happened. And when we come back, all we see is all the what ifs of how we could have pulled you back to the car. So I think that's one of those things about men being mindful that protection isn't always about strength for us. So you're saying like fit, like not, it sounds like we're church when you mention strength, are you just talk about like just brute strength, like because he can fight, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and I'm, I'm saying everything that. doesn't need to be a confrontation because, again, you may be, as my husband, going to have a conversation with a man, but just referencing the New York situation. He's coming out to talk to the man and this man pulls a gun and kills him and his son. So you never know what's going on in another man's head. So approaching him is not always the safe thing to do. And it's not protecting me because just like the Willie Lynch nutter, now this wife is left unprotected because both her husband and her son are deceased. So who's there to protect her going forward if anything else was to arise or anything? So sometimes protection is grabbing me by the hand like she was trying to yank him, which I don't agree she should have did that. But in the moment, he should have just yelled out the door, get back in the house, if that's the case. Not you come out and engage in a hostile environment that caused you to lose your life. I'm following what you're saying, but I gotta be totally honest with you. I don't think that should be your your decision on what is protection and what is not. Uh, and why do I say that? I mean, number one, the guy came out and it just and I'm just using this scenario, you know, to kind of deal with this protection uh, type of subject we're dealing with. The, the, the man came out with scissors. See, we have, I mean, from the beginning it's always been protect the woman and the child. You know, when the Titanic fell, they had, uh, the, uh, when they sank, they had men, women and children first. Uh, when the mob, you know, when there's a, a beef between the mob, no children, no women. So women don't know what danger is or what the level of danger is because it's always a protection thing against a woman. So you don't have that actual say so to say what is when should we leave or when should we run or when should we fight or when should we flight? Now I, I'm following what you're saying. I, I'm 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 understanding the, the 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 nature of wanting to keep a level head and knowing that you know okay is this actually a situation that you know we can avoid? Yes, we want to we want to just walk away from that. But in that type of situation, you know, when a, when a man and a woman is walking down the street and a group of men grab her ass, the, the, number one, women are emotional. So the first thing that she's going to be disrespected, what is she going to do? She's going to start talking shit. And then after that, now we got a snowball effect. Some you see what I'm saying? But you gotta, because but you, again, you have to ask the woman, what does protection look like from her? For her. There you go. That's going to look different to every woman. Now you get, uh, I can't remember what uh, Princess called him a hoorah uh, hood girl, whatever they, whatever she referenced the young lady. She said the king of the hood. 
then she's going to want to get rah-rah because she doesn't understand what protection looks like. She doesn't respect you as a man because if I love and respect you, I'm not about to put you in a situation that could possibly take you away from me. So, yeah, you disrespected me but and grabbed my ass, but we're going to keep walking because, one, we're outnumbered. That's Two, combat thought process. Just looking at that situation from the New York thing. If you're in your house, you're coming out of your house to chaos. First off, that's the, there's a saying, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. You didn't know what that man had, so you brought scissors outside, and you weren't even in a position to really protect because, again, as a man, you should. that's where that Rodney theory comes in. Get your ass in this house. You come out. Truth, I'm gonna I'm 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 chime in real quickly because I want to get to another moment. We you know we we want to be respectful of time, but uh, in that situation, uh, in that New York uh, scenario, uh, that that man tripped. I hate that he lost his life. I hate I hate what his wife is going through. But he tripped in a number of different ways. Yeah. I'm not ever going outside to any sort of chaos with no damn scissors or a knife. That, that I'm, that, what man is gonna do that? I'm not doing that. I might as well went out there barehanded. And I've done that, but I'm not going out there with no scissors in a knife because you don't know what that man has. So if I go out there barehanded and he do got a weapon on him, man, the man, sometimes it's like, bro, I ain't got no weapon. You know what I'm saying? Don't go there. But if I pull out some scissors or a knife or anything like that, man, you can't you can't ever um, be upset at, at how somebody else reacts to feeling some sort of harm or danger. I think that he tripped. I don't think that he did a good job of protecting his family in that sense. Uh, like what Ms. Devin said, I think that the point that she was going to make was I'm not going outside the chaos. You outside my house with some old bullshit. I leave you out there knocking. You can do whatever you're going to do. You have to shoot the house down before I, because I'm, I'm, I'm in my safe space already. So I think that that guy tripped just my opinion. If anybody else feels differently, I think that that man, he did a horrible job protecting his family in that situation. Our condolences go out to his family, of course. You know, loss is hard, but we we have to learn from the actions of others. That's we're human, right? That's how we continue to to grow and and to be stronger, build stronger communities. Yeah, and um, you know, I think one of the um one of the other things that 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 we talked about in our episode was the fact that. Uh, there, there, there's a, a, a great number of black women that don't generally feel protected uh, by black men. So I do think that that is that is something that we should uh, highlight and mention here. I think some of the points that the brothers made, um, especially Mr. Rogers, you know, he said that, um, you know, a person has to feel safe to feel protected. So if you're not providing that sort of a safe space, uh, Brother JB also brought up the fact that you, you have to listen to those that you are protecting. So so um, me and my wife, we have been in a scenario where she jumped in front of me and another man and I snapped out on her and that guy. She made it worse for him, but I snapped out um, and we had a very long conversation the rest of the trip about that. But here's the other thing, though. In the event um that yo the person that you are protecting or or are in a position to protect if they tell you they feel uncomfortable even though it's like hey don't question me right now i'm the protector and this and that but if she's if she just taps me and pulls me to the side and say babe let's go mm -hmm. what jb said is you still have to listen to those that you that you protected even if you don't necessarily agree with it because that's i think what promotes and and continues to create and foster sort of that safe space 
because like to Miss Devin's point, um, his wife, she shouldn't have been in the middle trying to pull that man back into the apartment, but he should have took that as a cue. Mm -hmm. In my in my in my mind, I think even though protection is my job as a man, I still respect my wife and my partner and the people that I'm trying to protect. And I gotta make sure that they good, even even if I don't necessarily agree with the way we need to move next. If I could put a pin on it, brother, I would say the highest form of protection is when you gotta protect somebody from their damn self. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Sometimes you gotta protect somebody from their damn self, from their own idiosyncrasies, from their own triggers from their own bad habits, from their own poor decision-making. But in order for you to do that, you you can't do that without trust. So what have you given? Have you given them? Because, um, forgive me, I'm fighting through a brain fog. You know, I, got, time, I, got, I got a relationship. I got a relationship with God. So I feel like God gives me certain things. One of the things that God gave me when I wasn't all the way listening to him was sometimes you have to if I, if you can't trust me trust my pattern mm. and that was that's how i grew in my relationship with god because god that's what god told me trust my pattern haven't always shown up for you and then i try to extend that out to my significant other it's like okay you feeling this you feeling that you feel a lot of emotions right now look back on our relationship and what i've always done why would i do anything different same thing applies i will to say this though i will say this though if, if if based off of what happened with the Willie Lynch syndrome, it did make women a lot more stronger. Uh, that like uh, now our women will fight, you know, the enemy, you know, back to back. I got your back, you got mine, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and 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 a lot of times, you know, the, when it comes to the 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 dangerous type of situations, your your woman does have that type of intuition. They do have that feeling. That's right. You know what I mean? So uh, when that happens, you, as a man, you know, you do have to, when she say, hey, baby, I don't feel good, this, this thing, even if you, you know, you, like you say, the rah-rah-rah, the, the, the king of the hood, it, 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 baby said, go, go, because, uh, yeah. You gotta get out of here. When that, you gotta go. You gotta get out of here. And, and, and you know what? It ain't no, it ain't, it ain't no uh, just 100% L because, I'm gonna tell that nigga, hey bro, you lucky my woman said we need to get out of here. Cause yeah, otherwise yeah. I gotta handle that. Like, so I'ma still feel good yeah. on, on that note. Nigga, you lucky. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. I'm just letting you know. Um yeah, I wanted to make one that. statement behind that, uh, because that that's true. That that woman, um, the way we think compared to the man, sometimes a man which makes sense. Is reacting in defense based from his ego. You put, you said what to, to my woman? You know, mm. it's it's yeah, on yeah, yeah. where a woman is gonna maybe can sense have a better sense of discernment because our ego's not flared up. We're thinking about the protection of him, you know. So we may say, Hey, babe, we need to move, you know. But a man, when he's ready to defend, and especially when it feels like a disrespect to him because you said it to my woman. It is it's, it's out of the ego, you know, which is normal. And so sometimes that's where that that help made that, you know, that that woman, that submissiveness, that connection, because submissiveness is that connection and compromise. A woman is able to say, I don't feel good about this, baby. It's OK. Let, let's go. I like that. That makes sense. Because yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm flared up. Chest out. You hear me? Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to make sure I let them know you lucky. 
Ready to go. Y'all ready to go at all times. <laughs> you should have said it to me. You might as well touch my ass if you touch my arms. <laughs> That's me. That's him. <laughs> now, did he touch you? Yes. What did he touch me? We're, like, we're, back. we're one. Um, but one of my friends actually asked this a longtime friend of mine, Kiara. She made a post on Facebook and she said, okay, so my husband protects me. Who protects him? Like, just physically, like, who is his covering? Like, yeah, I know y'all gonna come out here and say God, and I know I believe that, but in the that, heat of the yeah. moment, who's protecting him? So, what she is. is. She is. She Absolutely, is. she is. She is. She, she because we nobody. are nurturers, so we're going to protect our husbands <laughs> in a way that they don't even see it. You know, like our prayers protect them. Our discernment protects them. Our intuition protects them. So... Our, our like we we have to be in partnership with our spouse. It won't work without it because it's not one is greater than the other. We are equivalent to protecting each other because we're going to do it from different perspectives that are supposed to keep us both safe. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, I ain't gonna get punched in the face because you're fighting them. I'm just saying. I'm not well, no. Well, no, 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 no. Hey, but hey, but to, to answer y'all question, who, yes, God, you better not jump in that. You got to let me take that L. Look, ladies, sometimes your man might have to take an L. That's I'm right. calling the fellas. I'm calling the fellas. That's it, right? Oh, you guys, man, that's, that's all you got. That situation. So, um, so man, great, great, great commentary, uh, brothers and sisters. I do want to get to one last moment. Uh, a moment on the couch that I think uh, should 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 be pretty interesting. So, producer, if you don't mind, let's go ahead and play this last couch moment before we wrap up tonight. The, it's a double standard, right? We can kind of get into that, right? Is there yeah, a double mm -hmm. standard in a way that 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 society looks at sex as it pertains to men versus women? Do we follow that double standard? Are we ready to admit and that? And here's my pushback. My pushback is going to be, this is kind of stigma-ish, but like, I don't feel like I ever see men making posts about a woman having fruits. I be seeing posts about what we Her should wear, how we shouldn't have lashes on, why we got this wig on, why toenails not done, why y'all always twerking on camera. But if you're if you pay attention, all the things that they shame are the things that build their trophy wife. Come on, come on. Back. Oh. I'm gonna just sit there. Oh, come on. I'll be honest. Uh, I think I do have uh, a double standard that won't go away, right? And re let me let me let me give you an example. Okay, um, I have a very promiscuous history. I I don't fuck a lot of women. I, um, when I got to the point where I said I'm looking for my life partner and my wife, she couldn't have had that on her fucking resume or record. She couldn't have had the same type of history. Okay, I'm trying to tell now, you. Now here's here's why I say the double standard exists because I feel like I'm just as deserving of love, partnership, companionship as a woman. Who, who 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 doesn't have all of that history, right? Um, but I wouldn't feel like that if she did. So so do y'all have that same belief and standard? Let's Absolutely. talk about it. Men will look at 
uh, women with BBLs, they'll follow all kind of strippers, but then they despise that for their own woman. I might have to agree, yes, for me. But I do agree that a woman that has that type of history does deserve the love and attention of a man for the rest of her life. If yep. she, you mm, know, right. I, I think he's called a cuckold. Ain't that the term? <laughs> <laughs> you say you got cuckold. <laughs> Leave it up to this nigga, JB, man. <laughs> How do you expect her to have confidence if you're walking over what she's not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I will agree with with D because uh, yes, absolutely, that woman is deserving of honor, love, and respect for somebody to love her the rest of her life. But I'm not that nigga. I had a question in here about uh, Instagram or OnlyFans models. Is that something that um, in in this? Oversexualized society. Hell no. That's that. That would be a deal breaker. You wouldn't allow. No. Nope. Well, because I don't want other men. You don't want her to possess the things that you lust over, because then you'll be intimidated by the men that are also lusting over the thing that you have. So you want to lust over somebody else's trophy wife, and then you want to try to have this virtuous wife that you're not making feel virtuous because she doesn't have the body of the trophy wife that the other man got. Like y'all gotta quit. Uh, flipping and flopping and not knowing where you want to land. Like, I don't understand it. Like, you gotta stand for something above everything. Girl, if you don't come on. You're saying neither one, whether it was Instagram or the explicit, more explicit OnlyFans, you wouldn't be with that. I don't respect either one of them. So, and I can tell you, I follow some IG baddies. I don't even know what they sound like because I don't care. Like, you know, they, they be trying to have those inspirational quotes and shit. I don't care. And then, and let, let them, let them show they got a kid. I'm deleting her. Like, like, serve your purpose. <laughs> like, bro, it would definitely be a deal breaker for me. Um, but like, like what JB said, the double standard goes even further because at the same time, you might follow some of these uh, 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 mis misguided uh, young ladies, and 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 you might enjoy some of their content, but you don't want that for your woman at home. Where do we get that line of thinking from? Is my question. Oh boy. Wow. <laughs> oh boy. Um, now, see, now I'm mad I wasn't there for the, the, the whole container for them last two episodes. I told you, Bert, like we needed you, baby. I feel like you ever, you ever be a teacher that comes back to classroom, your teacher sit on a desk like this? Like, y'all, what the fuck? <laughs> We had okay. a time. We had a time, man. We had a substitute teacher that day, and we had a time. Oh, my right God. Now. Fellas. <laughs> but you know what, man? We was very upfront no, um, I, and, I and, and, and very honest. Uh, one, one of the points that I did make that that, that was not in the clip, because uh, I openly admitted the double standard that, that I have, uh, and I represent a lot of men in having that same double standard. But one of the things that, um, that I did speak on was the fact that 
I think for me, the double standard is too late. Uh, I don't need the double standard to change. I have my, my, my queen, right? I don't have to, I don't have to get back out there uh, and, and search and have these sort of standards that I hold myself to. For me, I think that the way that I combat the double standard, because I can openly admit it's a double standard, uh, is to not teach the, the, the next generation of boys the same way that we were taught. You know, we talked about um, how, you know, part of the double standard between men and women is that, you know, men or boys are almost encouraged to be promiscuous. And, and and uh, you know, you get a lot of toxic um, um, guidance from people that are older than you. And those are things that I just would never I would never treat a young man the way that I was treated as a young man. So I think that that's the way that I answer the double standard. But yes, Mr. Rogers, you're absolutely right. Uh, we 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 had a time and we clown like we had a substitute teacher on that episode. I'm surprised <laughs> to hear how young a lot of the brothers on the panel that night were when they first got exposed to promiscuous type content. And I think that was what we wanted to point out. We wanted to be honest and open to, uh, because I don't think that society uh, gives us the space to even um, get into that side of the conversation. Uh, a lot of our exposure to, to these concepts, they do happen at a very young age, far before we are ready. Yeah, I, I actually piggyback off that. That's very, very true. I mean, the the concerning aspect is not necessarily that like that sex is being exposed. It's the mythology around healthy sex, uh, unhealthy sex and sexuality that gets thrown out there on a regular basis that leads to some of these double standards that says, Oh, a woman, if she is because sex work is still work. Like if you're if you have an OnlyFans or you on IG, you know, showing pictures, or whatever that makes you dope. Look, you sell I, I sell I sell actually hypersexuality, yes, can't come with childless for men and women. Absolutely. Yeah, that is an outgrowth. That can be an outgrowth of that. Now defining what hypersexuality is, a whole different ball game, what that actually looks like, I would argue from a clinician clinician's perspective, it looks like the idea of putting yourself in dangerous situations or unhealthy situations in order to get that. It's, what, it's the trade-off. It's always a bad trade. It's like, I will stay in this shitty-ass relationship because the sex is good. I will stay in a dangerous situation. I put myself in a dangerous situation to, to get sex or whatever else. And I would argue that a lot of the things that we teach guys starts out from an unhealthy space. We don't teach guys about safe sex. We don't teach guys about like what consent is. We don't teach guys about all this other kind of shit. So when we have a situation where you're like, oh yeah, this is a this is what it's supposed to be like. And we end up I tell I tell guys all the time, we end up making that trade very early between this this is where you connect like the emotional unavailability with how we trade off with sex. Is like, oh well, yeah, I, I can sleep with somebody, but I don't just need to be emotionally connected with somebody in that situation. And we have a lot of guys who are starving for emotional connection, and they just go out by 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 going out to heal it. They're like, oh well, if I go out to sleep with somebody, I'll feel better. Not not recognizing what it actually feels like to be connected with somebody else, and they end up trade that shit out on a regular basis over and over and over again. Which is why a lot of guys actually walk around with um, unhealthy relationships with porn and things along those lines because they have not learned how to actually deal with those other emotions underneath there. So like, oh, yeah, I can I can comment all this ridiculous shit under somebody's OnlyFans account or demean somebody who has an OnlyFans account, but then at the same time say, well, not my partner, not my partner. That, that, that can't be that situation for me. Well, you still like her. You still like looking at her, but she doesn't matter as soon as she opens her mouth that she has a kid or whatever else. She's a whole-ass human. She's a whole-ass human. I'm not saying that's got to be for your yeah, partner. You can stop right there. You're right. All right yeah, go ahead. I think 
think another misconception is more common than not, men have experienced sexual abuse as children as well. Absolutely. But because our men don't talk about things, it's not talked about. So we don't we see also talk it that it's well. okay too, though. Like, so it ain't sometimes it's not even that it's not talked about. I didn't mean to cut you off, but um what what should be truly considered sexual abuse when it happens to us as young boys, we don't look at it like that. So, so we, 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 we don't um, even recognize that it's, that it's abuse. Mm -hmm. But I think some men do, but you're shunned upon it because it's almost that be stronger. This is supposed to happen to you. Yeah. So you're taught yeah. again, you're taught not to have emotions. You're taught not to express your emotions. You're taught that what happened to you wasn't wrong because you're a boy versus the same thing happening to a little girl being wrong. So that's also a double standard, but it doesn't make it right. I think that's where these conversations have to happen. I just watched the Jeezy, um, interview he did and i was so pleased not to hear that he had the trauma but to see his vulnerability in putting that on a platform such as the one that he has because men don't talk about that and that definitely has an effect on how you are and how you look at sex and the relationships that you have going forward after those interactions absolutely because if you say if you say that like i was every i wouldn't say every guy i've ever worked with but if the number is the number officially for women, I believe is one in four have experienced some kind of sexual trauma, sexual assault. And the number for guys is officially reported as one in six, but it's actually a whole lot higher than that, in my opinion, because there's a lot of guys who come forward with stories that say, oh, well, yeah, I was 12, 13 and I hit with the babysitter and the babysitter is 19. Bro, that's molestation. That's mm -hmm. you didn't hit. That's molestation, my guy. You yeah. experienced something that you should not have experienced. Yeah. Or X, Y, and Z. Or I, th I think about like something that Lil Wayne was talking about when he was like young man in the Hot Boys back in like you know 99, 98, 99 when he, they were just coming to, coming to rise. And he was talking about how grown women were chasing this tour bus yeah. to sleep with him. Mind you, Wayne was what 12, 13? He's 14? like thirteen. Yeah, like that's <clears throat> you, ma'am. You're a predator. Yeah. Like being yeah. able to talk about this kind of stuff and I name it. I, I'm a firm believer in calling shit what it is. Like, like that's predatory behavior. Yeah. When we talk about like how this affects how we see sex and sexuality, a lot of times we try to reclaim a space. When we experience trauma, we, we try to reclaim a space vis-a-vis -vis power, control, trust, safety, intimacy, that kind of thing. And a lot of times people try to reclaim their power and their control by saying, well, oh, I can just consume sex. And that's just it. I don't have to renegotiate my my actual like relationship with healthy sexuality anymore and a lot of times we as men find ourselves in that particular position and never I, if i had a nickel for every man i've sat with in a therapy session and had inklings that there was some kind of um some kind of sexual assault that took place but they never brought it up i'd be very very rich because there are situations where that stuff kind of plays in the background in terms of like their reactions to being armed and then they never unpack it they never want to go there because it's too vulnerable it's interesting because like in in our episode we talked about um or i openly admitted the double standard in terms of uh partner choosing right um but 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 Bert, what you just brought up was also was was another double standard man that's more societal 
in terms of, you know, cert certain behavior being uh, acceptable. Um, you know, grown women chasing after a, a, a teenage boy because because he's a rapper and he got on chains. Uh, but 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 then think about the young man that see that like 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 there's so many mixed messages I think that we get in society uh, that that um, it's it's a challenge man it's a challenge for us to dispel uh, dispel all of these double standards and uh, try to start teaching things the right way. But again, uh, like I said, I openly admitted I was very uh, open and vulgar during that. Uh, my wife didn't really chew me out, which I'm surprised. Maybe she's waiting on that, so I don't know. But um, one of the things that I did make sure that I that I pointed out was uh, my my plan and my vision for uh, my interacting with 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 the next generation of young man. It, it, it it's nothing like uh, the way that I that the way that I grew up or was treated by grown man when I was in my adolescent years. I think by admitting the cycle that we have in front of us is a way to unpack it. And I'm not sitting here on my high horse or anything on those lines either. Cause like I'm deaf. I, I was also raised in that environment too. Yeah. Like there are always going to be things I'm like, Oh, that, that, that bullshit that the men gave me is still playing out in the background. Yeah. That bullshit that my uncles and my older cousins, you know, like loving to death. But like, how, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you uh tune it out though, Bert? Cause you mentioned like earlier, you said, you know, sex work is still work. Man, yeah. look, I'm gonna tell you like this. I'm not marrying no sex worker. I'm, I'm not. I'm not marrying a stripper. I'm not marrying somebody that 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 is doing sex work for a living. Mm -hmm. And that's your boundary. How do you tune that out? Like I said, I think it's too late for me on the double standard piece. But but how do you tune that out? I don't necessarily think it's about necessarily tuning it out. I think recognizing that, like, if it's not for you, unpacking your reasons why that's not for you. Got it. I'm just saying, I'm not saying you have to sit down and say, oh, well, this is going to be for me because it has to be for everybody. That is your own yeah. relational boundary to say, hey, I don't feel comfortable engaging this relationship because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Maybe it's because it triggers your anxiety. Maybe because it triggers your jealousy. Maybe because it triggers all the situation. It could be anything along those lines. And that's still valid because those are your feelings. But if you say to somebody else, yo, I, got a question. I, don't, I don't think nobody should do it. Then like, then you're projecting your boundaries on somebody else. Me, I, I got a question though. What's up, bro? Uh, like you know, to the point you know that I made in the in the clip. Uh, you know, how does a if every man is looking for the you know the virtuous woman, uh, and the ones that you know the women that made all these mistakes now have changed their mind, their heart, soul, and all that to do better. Uh, that deserves that. I mean, how how do you how do you fix that? Because you know you gotta gotta co go back to the drawing board. You know what I mean? It's like okay, no man has been able to marry a virgin like they did back in the day. You know what I mean? So how do you restart that cycle to start getting virtuous men and women together for the for the future? You know, what I mean, that, that we've already messed up what we've messed up. But what about the future? How do you deal with that? I think it depends on what you define as virtuous. Mm. Um, I, I think if you define okay, well, it, let me just let me just say oh, let yeah. me define it bi biblically. Uh, I'm talking it. proverbs. You know what I mean? Like when it, when when I got to be totally honest with you. Whenever you hear me talk, everything I'm talking from from my standards, everything is all biblical it is not any thought process. it ain't no gurus it ain't no papers it ain't no research papers it ain't no statistics it is literally biblical 
Now, I, we just don't have the time where I can, you know, navigate and show you from verse to verse to, you know, the chapter to chapter. But where I'm getting at is how do we deal with their future? Because I'm going to be honest with you, based off of the Bible, it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. I, I would say in that avenue, then, if you talk about virtuous, virtuousness, and this is also for me coming as a, uh, with my counsel had to the side, I'm a preacher's son, so I do know my scripture. So if we talk about the idea of, um, say, Solomon, Solomon the virtuous man, he had 300 wives. Oh no! He in the end, he 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 did evil in the eyes of no, the Lord. No, no. So if, if we hold Solomon to this standard and say, "Hey, Solomon, you can't be remarried. You are not a virtuous man." But we we can't hold men on a pedestal and say your past does not count because you had your time of, for lack of a better word, hoeing around. Right. And then at the same time, say, "Well, oh, well, now nah, Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well, and she had a history," and say she's not worthy to be in connection with somebody else. I can go biblical too as well. So like when we talk about mm-hmm. this kind of angle, like it's very, very important to recognize like what standard are we upholding? Do we have a space to say, hey, what is your what is your relationship with healthy sex and sexuality? And if there is a scenario where like if someone's for lack of a better word, body count runs real high, my concern is not necessarily about who they've been with. My concern is what is their relationship with sex as a whole? Are they actually in a space where they can actually communicate what it is they want and or need? And as a man, are you playing tapes in your head about who she's been with? Then that's your own insecurities at play, my guy, because she's with you. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but it sounds like, you know, the man, man's thought process, you know, in man's idea, in man's, you know, uh, uh, I guess you could say, you know, fight to get to that righteousness, so to speak. We, 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 we won't make it. You know what I mean, and but th- that's in our way. But God, yeah. God with God, all things are possible. Very so uh, th- you know, uh, I'm I, following what you're saying, you know, but I, I just, I think, you know, I, I think in terms of righteousness, when we talk about <laughs> virtuousness and righteousness and things on those lines, I think when you talk about bringing yourself into alignment in terms of your own core values and how that actually shows up in practice, like if you have, a, if someone says, hey, I don't feel comfortable being in a relationship with a sex worker, like, hey, that's, that's your, that's your bag, that is your choice, that is your move, and, you know, that's, that's where someone wants to be. If there is a scenario, can you communicate with your partner about what you feel comfortable with, uncomfortable with, and recognizing that is your choice to opt in or opt out of that relationship based on what's there? Can you adequately communicate what you feel comfortable with, what you don't feel comfortable with, without it going to something controlling with saying, well, if you're going to be with me, you got to close your OnlyFans. <laughs> no, I'm saying that. I'm saying that, Bert. That's what I'm saying. You have to at least close it. Now, if I accept you as a sex worker, you're gonna at least have to retire. Goddamn! Like, 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 come on. I feel like that. I feel like it's fair because for me, if I'm choosing to enter into a relationship with a former player, bro, you have to retire the belt. Okay. I provide reasons, which that gets back to what Bert is saying. For me, for me personally, I feel like there that intercourse is a very spiritual act. Mm-hmm. That's for me. Like you, in that act, you literally open up the gateway to life. Right. Which is not just flesh and blood, that's a spirit. And so mm-hmm. there has to be some sort of connection going on mm-hmm. 
<laughs> when you have intercourse with someone and if you got a whole big body count you got a whole lot of deliverance and and detoxifying that's gonna be needed for me because i'm i'm look i know what i am and, and, and that is where i feel like the conversation around the <laughs> sir we are on camera <laughs> we are still live sir it sounded like you healed. Joe Smith is going through an issue right now. What'd you say? Oh, yeah, nah, that's right. Joe Smith situation. That Joe, Joe, that Smith? Joe Smith situation is, is, is a horrible one, but um, I don't feel that much empathy for hey, but she was she was already he, he knew she was a hoe and he tried yeah, to save her. He knew, he knew, and he, and, and so, but I, I, you know, from a taking that out of it, right? Whether he knew before or not, I think just as partners, as a married couple, man, like if you out here, you know, selling your titties okay, for $2.99. Because now I got a question for the man. What is it about that that bothers you? Well, in Joe Smith's situation, because you belong to me and I belong to you. It's possessiveness. It's possessiveness. Yes. You belong to me. I belong to you. Absolutely. Wait, wait, wait. I think I think it's more. You didn't gotta have the negative connotation to it, like you think. Like, okay. A lot of times yeah. we say words that tend to have a negative connotation, but in true and reality, they really don't. Like settling, that's another conversation we can have. But yeah, possession. Yes, I belong to you. You belong to me. If you want to look at a negative, you can. If you want to look at a positive, you can. But I belong to you. You belong to me. So yes, I will have a problem. I think yes, with a Smith, big problem. I think his his problem. My problem is the fact that she's entertaining other men too. Yeah, yeah, she was just massaging Cam naked on on his show. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah well, on, so, on his, so it, his podcast, right? Yeah, it's a bad situation all around, but I'm gonna tell you like this, man. And here it is. It's my double standard creeping back up. That's why you don't. That's why you don't wipe up no chick like that. And that's just me, man. Like I'm just going. I'm just going. Why though? Is it because you you feel like she is not powerful enough to change? Not not that. Not that. No, it's not that. It's just that. Um, um, JB brought this up, right? He he talked about uh, a man's past uh, a man's future matters more than his past right i think am i saying that right a man's future matter or yes. past matters right so so as it pertains to sex the, the one thing that i feel like is, is 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 just absolute true when it comes to sex sex is is something that is of the flesh and 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 you can you can uh be seduced and fall weak to it i think for a woman who is hypersexual and 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 for real puts herself out there like that i think she gonna have a harder time trying to break that habit later in life that's just me and that goes off of my experience and, and dealing with women that try to take them steps into relationships because they got because they go balls to the wall women go balls hey, to the wall hold up but that's accurate with what, what rodney just said because she had her only fans shut down she fell on some hard times, started it right back up. She went right back to it. Like she had shut down right, and right back to it. But because that was that was but all she knew. It's not yeah. part of being part human. Of being human. Backsliding in the, it's Selling the pussy is being human. It's the it's the oldest job on earth. Yeah, it's the oldest profession, bro. Oldest profession. Oldest profession. 
if if I know that I can make money. No, nah, barbering is the oldest that profession. I know, no, nah, not prostitutes. <laughs> barbering. Like, like, nah. look, men do a lot less for their body count. Man, I don't want nobody seeing my white titties for two ninety nine. I'm sorry. Now, who, who, what man want that right now? I think again in Joe Smith's situation, the issue was not only did she go back to it, she didn't tell him, bro. Like I think that that's for that, him that's not to know for a year though was on him. How you not know for a year? Yeah, because he because he trusted because he trusted and respected his wife. That's why. Yeah, and obviously it wasn't popping like that because it ain't like a, a they were suddenly out of debt. They were still in debt. So he had it for a year. His homie, his homie, his homie told him about it. So it's his homie. Wait, so how is homie? He was subscribed to. Right. Yeah. Subscribed. Hey, listen. Yeah. Her, what she said in that regard was she had some issues that Joe couldn't help her with. So she wasn't even contributing back into the house with that, y'all. Yeah, she did. Oh. She these are her words. She said, oh. "We fell on hard times. You weren't able to to fix this situation, so I went back to what I know." Now, again, I don't think anything like to my wife's point, falling back on old habits. Now, nah, I do think it's a problem with that because I got some old habits that made me some money that I don't think my wife will be okay with me falling back on. I think that the biggest issue in that Joe Smith situation was that she didn't disclose it to me, and I'm standing yep. on that. She no, got to yep. disclose that to him as her partner, as her husband, that that's what she's yep. about to do. I guess yep. it should be a mutual decision. An opportunity. Mm -hmm. what, what my thought process is, though, is like you have your boundaries, you have the rules you make for other people, but you have relationship agreements. Anybody in here who's in a relationship, you have your own specific relationship agreements that you abide by in your particular relationship. And I think when it comes down to that scenario, if you both enter into a relationship and say, yo, we need to be on the same page about this particular thing. Like, I, I'm not gonna go back to trapping if you ain't go back to your OnlyFans. We good, we good. Handshake, high five, boom. That's y'all agreement. That's part of how y'all run y'all show. And if somebody violates that, then you violated trust. Congratulations, you've done something that steps outside of that framework. But if both parties come together, and let's say both of y'all sex workers say he's in the porn industry and she's on OnlyFans, and that's how y'all run y'all show, that's how y'all run y'all ship. Enjoy. Couldn't be me, but hey, that's, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy. But like, that's. Yeah, but you want to sound keep like it. a sticky ship, like yeah. that's 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 you want to like everybody runs their household, and this is honestly for me part of just growing up too as a whole is recognizing that everybody's like relationship, marriage, or whatever looks a whole hell of a lot different. It's all gonna be different. It's everybody got their own custom fit as they should. Everybody they should, should have their own way of doing things. But being able to be aware of like you know if you guys have a particular agreement amongst yourselves in terms of what things look like. It's really just important. Take care of yourself, Donald Bros. Pleasure to meet you. Like, I think if you have these agreements and you are recognizing what these agreements are and you violate on those agreements, then you are accountable for that. So no. if somebody says, I ain't never going back to selling my OnlyFans picks ever again, I swear on a stack of Bibles, and you go back on it, my beef is not with the OnlyFans. My beef is going back on your word. That's the problem. Yep, I agree. I wanted to make one point too. Um, my 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 belief is uh how you do anything is how you do everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so um, I mean that's across the board, you know. Um, if you are unaccountable in one area, you are unaccountable in another area. Sometimes it just might not come out because the situation never occurred for you to see that, but a person usually 
responds how they are across the board. And so I really feel like in that situation, um, it, it was a understanding the hierarchy of a marriage, a, a submissive issue uh, going on because uh, evidently if she was able to go back to do OnlyFans, she felt she needed to take the lead on her own situation. So somewhere within their marriage, uh, something ain't never been right in that situation. And that piece just happened to be publicized, <laughs> you know, because that's a, a public thing. So they probably have always had some type of something going on as far as her doing what she want to do. This just happened to mm -hmm. uh, become public. And it is yeah, what it now, is. Now, now we all in their business. But she all she's making it a little worse though I'm, I, I, we do need to wrap up but i'm gonna just i'm gonna just reiterate this she was just on cam's podcast giving him a, a, a naked massage man mm -hmm. and he's asking what's the status of you and your husband and she like i just want to have fun right now and she's still That's married. Her across the board i promise yeah, you she's some, been some, like something ain't right with that something ain't right with that mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. man you know what man this was this was a a much uh, much needed conversation, man. So I, I definitely appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. Did y'all have any uh, final thoughts? Because we we done went over time, man, and we need to wrap it up. But uh, I can't wait till we get up, get back on here for next season. Y'all go ahead. Y'all got some more thoughts, I'll, wifey? I'll say this. Um, you know, I think this statement here wraps up everything we talked about tonight, and it was presented by Sister Nika. She had to go. Um, we do appreciate you. But she told us about the platinum rule, which is learning how to treat people the way they want to be treated instead of treating people the way that I want to be treated or you want to be treated. Really understanding that other person's needs and expectations and then delivering on those needs and living up to those expectations. And when you are not able to do one or the other or neither then you can definitely expect there to be some change to the relationship, some consequences. Um, and so, you know, as we're talking about being strong, the perception of strength, as we're talking about protection, as we're talking about detoxifying romantic pursuits and any other area of mental wellness, um, when you're when you're dealing with another person, make sure that you understand what they need and they want, but also be sure to teach other people what you need and what you want. So that's all I got. Absolutely. That was a word. That was a word. A word. So listen, um, on that note, man, uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Y'all are all family. Brothers and sisters is exactly that, man. We all siblings. So we should be able to get in here and fuss at each other, hold each other accountable like we've done all season, man. And I look forward to y'all, um, you know, having these conversations, continuing to have these conversations with y'all, man. So shout out to everybody, man, because I know we took up a bunch of everybody's time tonight, uh, a bunch of everybody's effort. Like I said, I always want to reiterate how much courage it takes for us to have these conversations in these spaces, but I'm proud of us. And uh, man, I hope we heal. So it was a lovely night. And uh, I know everybody ready to get to some football. I'm ready to get to the off season, man, but we will see y'all again next spring. So um, make sure you get caught up on all of the episodes. We on all of the podcast streaming apps. Uh, we also on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, for right now, so uh, definitely, wife. Did you have anything else? Did anybody else have anything else? Peace and blessings, family. Peace, Peace love, and blessings, man. I hope we heal. We'll see y'all next season.